The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hey, welcome to In The Corner. This is Benny Mack. Uh, just a little warning before we get into this supersized episode of In The Corner. Uh, we will be talking about Clash at the Castle, and if for some strange reason you haven't seen it, there will be spoilers ahead, so you have been warned. You're listening to In The Corner with Benny Mack. Unfiltered, uncensored, and unforgiving. Here's the man in the corner, Benny Mack. Welcome to this special edition of In The Corner. Supersized episode. Going to be a lot of stuff thrown your way in this episode. Uh... Not only are we going to quickly recap SmackDown from this past week, leading into Clash of the Castle, uh, a little bit later on in the episode, I'm going to be joined by a couple of guests. Mr. NJB will be joining me to talk about our predictions and what happened at Clash of the Castle. And a mystery guest, I'm not going to tell you who, although if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably in the description, so it's kind of giving it away anyway. Mr. SJP himself will be joining us on the podcast uh, and for the first time ever on In The Corner as well. And I've not actually teamed up with Sai um, for a while, actually, on anything. Although I think the last thing I did with him was probably chain wrestling, which was some time ago when Mags had some, uh, when he went for, what was it, vegetable hunting or something like that. So um, <laughs> going to be cool to have Sai on. Uh, and it's going to be awesome to talk to him about Clash of the Castle because he got a last-minute invite ticket. He'll tell you the story later, but uh, to go to Clash of the Castle. So I thought it'd be cool to have somebody who was actually at the event. Um, I thought it'd be really cool to get his perspective. Obviously, we're watching it at home on the network uh, over in the UK. So I thought it'd be really cool to um, try and get that vibe from Sai and what the atmosphere was like. It came across like an awesome atmosphere on TV. So... But it's going to be nice to hear his point of view, his experience at Clash of the Castle. Um, but yeah, I thought before we get into that, because I didn't do a SmackDown show, because to be honest, I figured most people would be excited for Clash of the Castle. They, you know, um, so they might not have time to listen to the podcast. So I thought, let's do it on Monday. Let's do a supersized episode with Clash of the Castle. And we'll go back to regularly scheduled programming uh, tomorrow here on the SJP World Media. So but there we go. Um Something I did want to... We talked about it in Clash of the Castle uh, predictions show, me and Nick, and we were talking about um, the possibility of, um, you know, what's happening with Randy Orton and stuff. Now, to be honest, there hasn't been a lot released, but I know in um, June his injury, his back injury was worse than it um, it seemed to be. Um, there was speculation about him being at Clash of the Castle. Obviously, he wasn't. Uh, for those who have watched, just, um, just not really a spoiler research. I'm not going to tell you anything that has happened until a bit later on but um but because of his injury the the general consensus seems to be that Orton has had surgery and potentially is going to be out the rest of 2022 and with a back as well you've got to be careful haven't you so unfortunately hopefully I'm wrong but it seems like Randy Orton will not be back in WWE anytime soon uh, and he like and frightful fightful actually reported that Orton's injury was serious and he would be needing um We'll be needing surgery to get better. So, I mean, I did talk about... Um, I think I talk, we talked about it briefly, but we didn't really know what was going on. We hadn't looked it up. So, um, 
yeah, by all accounts, uh, he will be um, hopefully be back next year. I hope. I really do hope we see Orton uh, back in the WWE ring. Um, I know he's been going for 20 years at this point. Um, he's had a hell of a ride. Um, and I still think there's a lot more we can see from him, especially with the whole... Uh, we Obviously, we have the Riddle, RK-Bro thing cut short. Um, it'd be nice to see that uh, down the line. We'll see how it, we'll see how it pans out. But um, yeah, hopefully all good. Um, also, some other news. I've I, I already reported it, but I want to just uh, reiterate it again. Um, it seems very... I'm. I don't want to say 100% as much as I want to say that it's 100%. But allegedly, Bray Wyatt, Fiend, uh, Wyndham, whatever you want to call him, allegedly has be, at least been in talks with WWE about coming back. That seems to be the general, um, the general uh, talk. And hopefully that is true. And even the one I one I read was uh, saying that he was very close to signing a deal, a multi-year deal as well. So. That would be awesome to see The Fiend. Um, me and NGB spoke about this. So I think maybe, probably on the prediction show. Uh, if not, we may have spoken about it on the SummerSlam prediction show. But um, they spent all that time building Bray Wyatt up and then just cut the legs from underneath him. But it doesn't, it didn't really give him a chance to to sort of do anything, you know? It just seems to be cut short all the time. So hopefully, with Mr. Triple H in charge, hopefully we'll see some... More info, uh, more more info, more. Um, <laughs> hopefully, we'll see a better run from the Fiend slash Bray Wyatt. However, he returns. If he returns, I'm hoping he does. Uh, apparently, all reports indicate it's going to be sooner rather than later. We have Extreme Rules coming up in October. We've got about four weeks away for that, so maybe it will be then. Um, some reports say tonight on Raw again would be amazing, but to be honest. I feel like that kind of return needs to be a pay-per-view premium event, you know? Um, even if we start seeing maybe video packages or something like that that may um, indicate that he's targeting somebody, maybe Roman. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, yeah, let's move on to... Um, this is a long show, ladies and gents, so uh, <laughs> buckle in. We've still got to SmackDown to talk about, and then, like I said, we'll be having... Mr. NJB on, hopefully, and Sai. Uh, they are both booked for later on, so hopefully they both turn up. And I can't promise that, because <laughs> uh, card subject to change, as they say in wrestling. So hopefully hopefully they both will be here. Uh, I mean, we'll all be going through uh, Clash of the Castle, the predictions we did on the prediction show, and our thoughts on the overall event. Um, I'm so I'm trying so hard not to talk about it right now, because I have guests to come on to do that. <laughs> um uh, but we'll, but yeah, they're they're booked to be here, and hopefully they will be here. So uh, here we go. Right. So this week, so the SmackDown, the Go Home SmackDown before Clash of the Castle it was. You know what? I enjoyed SmackDown. Uh, Raw, I always struggle with, like I said before, because of the length of it. But it um, it doesn't. SmackDown feels bigger at the moment. I don't know how to really describe it any better the way than that. Um, but uh, something I touched upon a few shows ago um, with happy in a, in a case of Happy Corbin. Now um, he did call an open challenge. Happy Corbin's been on a downward spiral in terms of wins and losses. Um, he, uh, the uh, the uh, open challenge was um, accepted by Shinsuke Nakamura. Not the longest match in history or anything like that, but the story they are telling with um, Happy Corbin. Um, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura goes over, wins, good fight. Um, it's always good to see Shinsuke, a uh, fan of his, and 
waiting to see if we get more from him because um, he has not had that uh, heavyweight championship title reign, has he? In, at least on the main roster, former NXT champion. But um, you know, he hasn't. He's had some success. He's been King of the Ring winner. He's been the money. Uh, no, he hasn't been Money in the Bank, has he? He's Royal Rumble winner, um, Intercontinental Champion. So you know, he's had some. He's had some good success. I'm just waiting for him to hit that next level, and hopefully, he will. But in terms of Happy Corbin, I said a few shows ago that uh, Happy Corbin, I feel like they're going to keep, especially with Triple H in charge now, I think we're starting to see the creative where it's going in terms of, like, Clash of the Castle is really the first show, as NJB said, we would think anyway, that I know Triple H may have been in charge of SummerSlam, but that show would have was already locked in in terms of what matches were happening before Vince went. So Clash of the Castle feels like it could be the first main show that, um, you know, Triple H and co have sort of been in charge, if that makes any sense. So, um, and again, I've got to stop. I've got to make sure I don't talk about Clash of the Castle because I'm going to be talking about my guests. I'm so eager to talk about it in this episode, but there we go. Uh, but yeah, in terms of Happy Corbin, I said it a few weeks ago and I really do, and I think it's happening now. I said that um, maybe we have Happy Corbin lose a few more matches. He no longer becomes happy, maybe disappears off TV for a few months, re-emerges as Lone Wolf, you know, Baron Corbin with the music and everything. Um, I'm not sure if that's exactly what they're going to do because he loses the match. He ends up backstage. We see him despondent and up, you know, sort of, oh, God, I've lost again type sort of attitude. And then a limo pulls up with horns on. I want to point this out very quickly. The WWE, uh, WWE Social put out, like, a thing saying who is in the limo. It's got horns on it, and we heard JBL's voice. Come on, people. You need to be better than that. It should, it should have been – it should have read – what does JBL want with Happy Corbin? Because all we we don't see we don't see um, Bradshaw. By the way, you only hear his voice. So the limo pulls up. Um, JBL says, "What happened to you at Corbin?" And then he says, "Get in." Now I believe JBL was um, general manager of NXT during the Corbin era. So it's a nice way of linking that in. Um, obviously Happy Corbin was supposed to be rich he won a load of money at Vegas he went from poor sad Corbin to Happy Corbin all that kind of stuff but whatever they're going to do even if it somehow involves JBL I'm up for it I'm, op- I'm up for this Happy Corbin gimmick to be dropped not dropped necessarily fully but like just changed upgraded evolved would be cool I would like to see Corbin back as a badass he's you know he's a big guy he can get it done in the ring and you know the whole lone wolf thing didn't quite go to plan initially the first time round, but now Triple H is in charge. Maybe we'll see a better or an evolved version of it. So I'm looking forward to see what they do with Corbin, to be honest with you. And how I, I, I definitely, I'm 98% sure he's definitely going to return as a heel. He's a natural person to hate. So it makes perfect sense to me. Um, uh, we were meant to celebrate the uh, two year reign of. Um, Roman Reigns, um, it didn't quite go to plan on SmackDown. Um, Drew McIntyre took out the uh, took out Roman as he arrived, and then went out and took out the Bloodline, including Sami Zayn, um, and to sort of even up the odds. Um, one of the highlights for me, I didn't expect much from it, to be totally honest, was the New Day taking on the Viking Raiders in a Viking Rules match. Now, a Viking Rules match is basically no disqualification, street fight, but with a street fight, you're supposed to pin in the ring. With this match, it's fours count anywhere. 
Um, and you know what? I didn't expect much from it, and it was actually a really good match. I really enjoyed it. In fact, I would like to, um, I would like to see that again. To be honest, at some point, and maybe we will see it down the line um, at some point. In terms of um, obviously, Extreme Rules is coming up. Is um, it? It was a really. It's one of those matches you kind of go, yeah, whatever. Viking. It's just a no disqualification match. They they did really well with it, to be honest. And um, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend watching it. It was one of the... What it, and it opened the show as well, which I was surprised at. What I am noticing with the both shows, even though Raw's longer, is we're not... Although we have the talking segments, they're not as long at the moment. We're seeing more of the stuff in the ring, um, in the actions and stuff, basically. Um but yeah, as you, I'm glad as well because when they introduce a match set for a team, um, and it's the first time they do it, um, I was worried that the um, Viking Raiders would would lose, even though they are the heels in this, and, you, and New Day are brilliant, obviously. Um, but the Viking Raiders did win, and it was a good win. Imagine, imagine um, you know, like Dudley's having a table. I don't know; they might have done it in ECW, but if. Um, the Dudleys always lost table matches, even though it's their specialised match. If they lost like three in a row, is it really their specialised match? So I'm glad that they, uh, I'm glad that they won it. It was good. Um, um, one of the one of the matches, like uh, Butch versus Ludwig Kaiser, um, was a really good match. But we're seeing, uh, I, I can't get, I can't bring myself really to call him Butch Pete Dunn, and especially with Worlds Collide this this weekend as well. With everything being uh, uh, unified, um, which I which I have seen, but um, I'll let uh, people probably haven't seen it yet, so I'm not going to talk about that yet. Uh, I might not even talk about Worlds Collide in general, um, but because um, I've not watched enough NXT lately 2.0 uh, to really know what's been going on in terms of story, so we're going to stick to the main roster. But the, what I saw of Worlds Collide was really good, and if you haven't seen any, um, I would definitely uh, the ones I did see. Um, I'm not, I would say the main event, NXT, uh, Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bate, I was really interested in to see Tyler Bate being the first United Kingdom champion. Um, And obviously they're unifying these titles before um, NXT Europe next year. Um, But yeah, it it was a shame we couldn't really see Pete Dunne, aka Butch at the moment, um, in sort of any capacity. I don't know whether he did pop by. Because I know some did, like Champa and uh, Rhea Ripley and stuff, pop by to speak to the competitors about the legacy of um, each brand, NXT UK and NXT. Um, NXT itself is carrying on. For those who don't know, um, NXT UK will. Um, there's a few shows. I oh, know. I think they're done now. That was the last show. Yeah. So they are done now. The titles have been unified. Normal NXT will continue, and then uh, there's going to be a brief hiatus. I believe early next year NXT Europe is going to start, um, and I can't wait to see what that um, what that looks like. But yeah, Butch and Ludwig Kaiser had a really good match. It was nice to see them actually have a match um, as well to see what they can do. And we saw some classic sort of Pete Dunne in there. Um, but uh, yeah, good match again, top to bottom. SmackDown was a great show, a nice go home for um, um, before Clash at the Castle. Ronda Rousey suspension has been lifted as well for those who are who are aware that she was suspended. Um, uh, I was really surprised at this. Adam Pierce calling her a, a, a bitch, basically, which didn't go down well. Adam Pierce got his got the armbar on him and she attacked him. So what? Because what they're saying on commentary is that 
because we already saw this. Adam Pearce said, I don't have the, the authority to lift your suspension a few weeks ago. And now they're talking about upper management. So are we leading to maybe Stephanie coming out on TV? Are we going to have new GMs appointed for each show? Are the shows even going to stay separate? Uh, that's the general consensus that it is because of the fact they're on both different networks. There's so much going on in WWE at the moment. Um, and what I like is we are seeing stories coming to an end. We're seeing stories being... You can see things happening. Uh, one of the biggest ones we'll talk about later on at Clash of the Castle. It was in the prediction show um, with a certain uh, certain superstars. We'll talk about that with uh, Sai and NJB in a bit. So I, I've liked how that's gone. It didn't quite go the way I thought it was going to go. But uh, this will make more sense later on <laughs> when we get into the, the, the meat of the show with the guests. Uh, but yeah, overall, SmackDown was good. Like I said, McIntyre laid waste to the bloodline. En route, so the bloodline. I will say, bloodline were not at um, Clash at the Castle, um, but yeah, the weekly shows. Even though Raw for me is still a bit too long, um, I think SmackDown's long enough that you're invested in what's happening, and you actually feel that when SmackDown ends, you feel like, oh, I could have done with a smidging more with with Raw. It feels. Um, it always feels a bit too long. I know I keep ranting about it, and I apologise, but it just—it's just a bit too long. I just cut that last hour out and have you know, you know, you'd have two TV mainstream TV programs, not including NXT. You know, you'd have four hours worth, and then when you have a a, a pay per view, a premium event, you know, three and a half hours is brilliant. Clash of the Castle was three and a half hours, and I loved every second of it. That's the only thing I will say about it. But yeah, um, what we will do is we will move on. Uh, that's basically SmackDown was good. I re- I'm enjoying the weekly shows. Um, if you're not watching WWE, there's some good stuff happening. Um, I mean, we've already spoke about it on the pre- on the pre prediction show about Riddle and um, Seth, but you know the fact that they didn't have it at SummerSlam. Me and NJB were really gutted they didn't do that. But the, f- the story they built leading into Clash of the Castle made me want to mo- watch it even more. It didn't die out. It didn't fizzle. And they actually elevated this match between these two guys. So, but we'll get into that in a moment. Thank you for listening so far. Let's move on and let's bring the guests in. And hopefully, they are both here. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll move on to uh, Clash Clash at the Castle. Uh, so now we move on to the uh, well, the promised section really of the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, NJB Nick is not going to be able to make it he uh, just couldn't make it unfortunately some personal stuff going on so but luckily the special guest who i organized is here mr sjp himself the guy who invented the sjp raw media podcasting network is for the first time on in the corner welcome Sai. hello how are we doing all right yeah not too bad man i was just uh, saying to the lovely ladies and gents who listen to the show at the top of the show of the podcast sorry was uh I don't think I've done a show or spoke to you on a podcast since uh, I think when I stepped in on chain wrestling some God, that must be a fair few months ago, mate, to be honest. I don't even yeah, know. It's quite a way back now, isn't it? Quite a way back now. Yeah. I mean, it's funny as well. I mean, we did a few episodes of uh, way, way, way back the old SJP wrestling podcast. Uh, you were a guest on there a couple of times. And I think that was actually the last time I used Skype. I had to reinstall <laughs> it. it was... <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I apologize. I was like, I was like, Benny, how do I do this? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, man, your technical abilities have got better. You've launched your own freaking network, so I would say they've got better <laughs> over the last hey, couple I'm, of years. If I can do it, anyone can, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't tell everybody how to do it. God, <laughs> no, man. I'm glad you are. Um, we obviously we supposed to have NGB with us to talk about. We did the predictions, obviously, if we clash at the castle. Um, but uh, he couldn't make it, unfortunately. But yeah, size here, um, which is going to be awesome. And on top of that, the reason size here. Uh, for, well, I've been wanting to get you on for a while, haven't I? And on nothing to show, in fairness, but. I thought it'd be really cool to have the perspective of somebody who was actually at Clash at the Castle. So, I mean, how did that come about, man? Because you weren't going initially, were you? Well, the morning of the show, I wasn't going. Oh, wow. Uh, so it was that... It was uh, that uh, wow, okay. Yeah. I mean, basically, th- those people who listen to this are probably aware of uh, Andy from Bang Bang Podcast. Brilliant show. Well Who's that? I don't, I don't, I don't know that. So, I don't so know. funny. Just a top bloke. <laughs> I'm and joking. <laughs> there, was, there was a group of them, a group of people going. So yeah. you had the likes of, um, you know, people were, were all familiar with on Twitter in our sort of little community, in our, in our circles, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Like some Millwall, Chris, Dan Griffin, UTT Rob and his fine lady and, and all that sort of stuff. There's a big group of people going. Chris was going as well and so on. Uh, and somebody dropped out. So the offer of this ticket came around and I sort of mentioned it to Sharon, uh, my wife. And she was like, well, if you don't go, you're an idiot. <laughs> I was, you know, yeah. you know, it's for everybody in the world at the at the moment. Like, you know, especially in this country, money is incredibly tight. The the bills are going up, wages are not, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah. And my mindset instantly is just stressing about money. That's just the way my head works. So I'm That's I'm concerned enough. about can I afford this? Can I afford that? It's getting there, getting back. It's it's somewhere a crash if I had to stay. Because uh, it all adds up. The price of the ticket is one thing, but it's all the extras that go along with it is, is the big financial uh, well, yeah, issue, tra- I guess. Tra- travel, I mean, if you're obviously in your case, maybe not, but everybody who's going, you think, right, I've got a ticket for X amount, but now if I'm going to stop there, because you want to have dr- a few drinks and stuff and stay, uh-huh. so you're talking hotels and travel and <laughs> concessions and money, <laughs> drinks, <laughs> T-shirts, yeah. merch, whatever, you know. If you're going to go, you want to do it properly, don't you, basically? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And... Again, I, my wife, she knows how my mind works probably better than I. And she straight away said, don't start stressing about money. Just do it. We'll make things work. We'll figure stuff out. Because if you Fair don't play, you're going to regret it and so on. And the big thing for me as well is that, I, I, you know, as anyone who's heard me on different podcasts and different shows in the past will probably be aware of, I'm, I'm you know, 41 years of age now. I fell in love with pro wrestling when I was eight, nine years old around then. So 30 plus years of being a fan. I fell out of love a bit with WWE in recent years, but it's yeah. still the WWE. It's still the old WWF. It's, it, it is, whether people like it or not. It's the show, it man. Is, it is, yeah. It is the show. It's, it's, it's the company, isn't it? So the idea of effectively a, a second run of SummerSlam 92 in my lifetime, uh, my wife was 100% correct. I would have massively regretted not going. You know, Thankfully, I had, I had a lot of help you know, getting there and with the ticket from Andy and, and so on. So I was, I was incredibly fortunate that everything kind of just came together That's good, that man. morning. On uh, the like, day on the day as well, which I'm really, yes. really, really impressed that you managed to get up there. And, you know, uh, just that's really good, man. I think, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think Mrs. P. Sorry. sorry, the train, the train was about half one, I think, got me into Cardiff, like half two. It wasn't until 11 o'clock in the morning that I actually rang the wife because she was like doing something and said, right, I'm going to Cardiff. So it was a couple of hours before the train I had to get. So yeah, it worked yeah. out. It was it was a close run thing, but I'm over the moon that I did it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gutted I wasn't there, but I have no ticket or anything or, no, or nothing planned to go anyway. So if if one fell in my lap, I think she is right. You would massively have regretted not going. It's, I mean, I regret not going, like I said, but to have the 
opportunity put in your hands and then not go, that's you regret it a lot more than probably what I do <laughs> regretting it not being yeah, there. You potentially. Know? I mean, I actually, because my mindset was getting, I, I do a, I go to a lot of concerts, a lot of gigs all over the place. You're just following bands I love and so on. And the big stumbling block for me, because I don't drive, the big stumbling block for me is always how do you get back from these places? Yeah. So if I go to a concert, a gig, whatever, whether it's a big arena or a little club somewhere watching a band, it's always a case of, right, the options are you find accommodation, uh, somebody who goes with you might drive, but that's not always the case. In fact, majority of the time for me now, it's not the case. I tend to go to a lot of these things on my own or with one person or with my wife or with my son or whatever. So then you're looking at, okay, do we stay overnight? Because the trains for all these places, like Birmingham, Bristol, Cardiff, Wolverhampton, wherever I may go to see these, see these concerts, the trains always tend to be, last train back to Gloucester, is like 10 minutes before the show actually finishes. Yeah. So you're kind of stumped. So yeah. you're actually looking yeah. for accommodation and so on. And I actually thought to myself, well, I know Benny drives. I'm just going to message him in case he hasn't seen it and said, look, you could drive yourself there, drive yourself back. This is a great opportunity for you to go. You know, but you said obviously you've hurt your leg and you would have been able to make it anyway, so... Yeah, I rolled my ankle, so yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, I'm gutted I wasn't there, but like I said, I didn't have a ticket fall in my lap, and obviously circumstances with my ankle and stuff, it, it wouldn't have been practical for me anyway, so I'm glad that you got to go. I'm actually, like, I'm jealous a little bit, but I'm not that jealous because I know how much it meant to you. I saw your uh, Facebook post as well, uh, you know, talking about, you know, your podcast and being a wrestling fan, pretty much what you just said there to a degree, and how cool it was to be involved and go, so... I know what it meant to you, man, and uh, it would be for us. I mean, that's the closer we'll get to a WrestleMania at the moment. So I think that is uh, um, it. Looks it looked freaking fun, mate. I mean, the atmosphere. I mean, it looked really cool on TV. So I'm assuming the atmosphere was amazing, was it? Yeah, and the big thing was as well. It started. It started in Gloucester. I was sat in Gloucester train station, and I, I got there 20 minutes before the train, so I'm just sat on the platform, and there's a few other people milling around and so on. And as the time came closer for that particular train to Cardiff, and they were running roughly every hour, but that particular one I was getting, you start noticing more and more T-shirts and, and so on. Uh, yes, I mean, there was a lot of Roman Reigns T-shirts oh, wow, across okay. the train station. There was a lot. Wow. So you start noticing lots of other wrestling fans, and then you see mums and dads and their little kids and their oh, kids are wearing cool. like you know a, a wwe top and so on which was which was awesome then on the train you're seeing loads of because you know you obviously there are other stops before oh, and of afterwards. course yeah. of course yeah yeah so you're picking up more wrestling fans you get off at the train station it's just wrestling fans and the whole of cardiff basically got shut down from wow. i think it was like seven o'clock that morning all the oh, roads okay. in and out of cardiff were shut Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> they just shut the city. So uh, you're walking through, uh, I, I, I don't know Cardiff very well, but you're walking effectively around the city center where all the pubs are and so on. And all the lampposts that line the roads have got massive, almost marquee type flags. Every single one with a different WWE superstar on it, advertising the show. Nice. Everywhere you look. There was uh, wrestling T-shirts, replica belts. I held so many replica belts this weekend, <laughs> not my own. It was, it was yeah. insane. Um, you, you turn a corner, you're met with three people dressed as Bray Wyatt. You walk into a different <laughs> nice. pub, there's a couple of people there dressed as Hulk Hogan. There's there's, there's all sorts of... It's literally the whole city nice. was just shut down for wrestling. And it was incredible. And that was even before we got to the stadium itself. That's brilliant, man. I mean, I've been to a couple of WWE shows. I went to a house show in Newcastle back in like 07. 
I went to the 2009-02 arena, and again, you have so many people, but obviously stadium show, 60-plus thousand. I did look it up. The actual arena could hold like something like 75. I think it was like 62,000, 63,000. I did have it written down, but I've not opened the page up because I'm an idiot. Um, but they almost filled it, put it this way. So um, I think that's a damn good show. In I, when you hear WWE talk about like WrestleMania and stuff like that, they always talk about taking over a town. And you always think it's just, you know, like it's the WWE etiquette to say these kind of things to make them sound bigger. But based on what you've just said, they really did take over Cardiff by the sounds of it. <laughs> oh, without that, it, so, it, it was unbelievable. Just, I mean, I, I, it's, it's not a good, it's not a good habit, but I, I still vape. I don't smoke anymore, but I still puff away on my, on my vape and that quite often. So we're in a, a pub, and we're there, like I said, with Andy and Dan and Milwaukee Chris and all, all the other people, UTT Robert and so on. We're all there in the pub having a few drinks and so on, and, it, and it's a fantastic atmosphere. Um, it's great because a lot of these people. I've interacted with online for quite a while and you know, I've spoken to them for podcasts and you know, we interact all the time on Twitter and so on. So, but this is the first time I've met pretty much any of them barring, uh, Dan Griffin, who does the Dr. Who pod with me. The first time I've really met any of them in person. And so that was fantastic. And, and it was the same for them as well. They hadn't met each other before. And so, oh, so that was yeah, really that's nice. Cool. That's cool. Really nice sort of meet up there, but I would pop out the pub to go and have a little blast on my vape and i'd be gone 15 minutes yeah because because it was just a carnival atmosphere outside and every time you went outside you know every time i stepped out the pub i would just stand there watching everything going on around me because the amount of, the amount of people dressed yeah. up and i must have seen 17 rick flares on, on saturday <laughs> it was, <you> know. <laughs> i bet you heard a lot of woos on the way into the arena oh. and back out as well so <laughs> yeah, yeah because the, the natural thing of course is you hear somebody go woo everyone moves back. back of course yeah. <laughs> you hear it rippling up and down this street as it as the, oh, as the woos dude. reach one end of the road and come back again and so on yeah it, it was it was unbelievable and that's before we even left the pub and started walking to the stadium itself yeah i mean i i'm gutted like i said at the top i'm gutted i didn't go but to be honest of the success of this one I don't think we're going to we're going to have another opportunity at this. So um we're definitely like this little Twitter community and uh, I know you guys have met or met each other now and I drive mate so we're close together so you know next time we won't have to take a train maybe <laughs> we'll sort something out. Yeah, I what, mean, whatever it is, it is man. That I, it, it is something that I'd love to do again because all the people we met there are fantastic. They're all great, you know. I mean and it'd be fantastic to all meet up again and and, and whether there's a wrestling show or just meet up for a few drinks or whatever, do yeah. something similar. Absolutely, man. I mean, I was even tempted to a degree, but again, ankle. But uh, we, my missus, bless her, was trying to find ways of trying to get me involved because there ain't really nobody around here that kind of is into it like I am. So in terms, there are a few people, but like it's having the money and the time and obviously. Yes. But um, she was like trying to find a local pub maybe that was doing a watch party. But all we could find really was obviously stuff was going on in Cardiff. There was some up in Manchester, in London. I'm like, this is now. And I, I, do you know what? If I had the money, I'd open a freaking bar and make sure that when certain events like that are on, <laughs> every wrestling fan is welcome to come in and do a watch party for it. And it would take over the pub that day. It really would. But there we go. That's a different uh, different story in itself, man. It sounds like you had a freaking awesome time, Si, to be fair. Um, and I think yeah. It trans- yeah, it was. It was incredible. It translated well, I think, to the... I watched it, like I said, on the network live, which is amazing. For a start, uh, we, me and Nick talked about it quite a lot on the in the pre-show, but uh, in the uh, prediction show, sorry, um, the fact that we don't have to be in, <laughs> don't have to be up at midnight for the pre-show and have to wait till one a.m. <laughs> for the actual show to start to be finishing at like half three in the morning. I could actually have a few beers. Um, 
uh, you know, numb the pain in the ankle and watch some wrestling. So it was good. <laughs> so no, I very much enjoyed it. And so I don't know whether it's just wrestling fans or maybe it is just like sporting events. When when I uh, for myself at least, when I'm watching people who enjoy wrestling, then especially, and I see them on TV getting into it, laughing you know yelling whether it's you know booing or whatever they're doing, and they're into it it makes me feel like really good that people are enjoying this product you know i know you've kind of fallen out of the wwe a little bit but i mean myself really mate i this is the first time in many years i'm watching the weekly shows and the pay-per-views where i only used to watch the pay-per-views really so mm. back from money in the bank is where i really started and that's why this whole show's kind of going now um so i did this back in like 2016 um at the moment, I'm enjoying WWE. To be honest, um, I mean, you were there, so let's uh, let's move on. Um, you're going to help me now because Nick is not here. So you're gonna, we're going to look at to talk about the matches. What you remember about being there in that moment, um, and I'll pick out the matches, not necessarily in the order, mate, but um, if yeah. you can remember. Um, now, me and Nick did. Um, we did guesses. We did you know our predictions on who was going to win. Uh, so I, got, oh, I um, oh, no, let's start with. Uh, oh, see, it's quite hard to. So which one do I start? I tell you what, the opening match was uh, the six women tag team match, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Yes. So yes, that's right. Yeah. So Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Oscar versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky, or who used to be known as Io Shirai. Why they changed the name, I don't know. Um, but me and um, me and Nick both went for Damage Control. It seems to be the name they've sort of adopted uh, in terms of Bailey and Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Um, my concern about this match initially was because neither one of the teams won the tag team titles and nothing wrong with the current women's tag team champions. But in terms of the story of between these six women, it seemed very, compared to the other stories on the card then maybe, to a degree, especially Riddle and Seth, um, mm-hmm. seemed very like, yeah, we'll just have this match. And my logic was, if um, my picks were to win the tag team titles were actually Dakota Kai and Io Sky, if they had beaten maybe Alexa Bliss and Oscar, which they did in the first in the second round, I think. But um, if they if one of the teams had the tag titles, I felt like it would have given it a bit more of a, I want to see this match. Um, but actually, okay. ended up being quite a really good match, to be fair. So, I think the, the placement on the card is important as well, because uh, I'm going to sort of make sure that everyone knows, you know, complete transparency here, as I, as I mentioned at the start of the show. I, I've not watched WWE properly in a long time. Yeah. So some of the stories coming in, I may be a bit hazy on, may know nothing about it at all, or whatever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very much looking at this from someone who's, who's... I would have watched the pay-per-view, and I have watched it back again since on, on, on the network. Uh, but same as yourself, before you started getting more and more into it, I, I would watch the pay-per-views and not the weekly television. I am starting to get a little bit more intrigued because it seems that creative is kind of changing and, and heading in a different direction. That's quite intriguing to me. Yeah. But... With regards to this here, I think it's a case of you got you got six different individuals there opening the show, and when the pay per view starts, whether you're watching at home or whatever, I don't think it really massively matters storyline wise because it's the start of the show, so yeah. everyone's naturally excited anyway. Everyone's going to buy into that match, whether there is a big in depth storyline anyway, and I don't always view. Um, so say for example you know you, you say you got 10 sh- 10 matches on a, on a pay-per-view obviously this one's much shorter you haven't got that but just for argument's sake you got 10 matches on a pay-per-view you don't have to have 10 of them storyline wise concluding 
on that night and then wait for Monday Night Raw to start new stories. No, of course here, not, no. Here we've got, I believe, the beginning of something because Bailey pinned the women's champion. Yes, so naturally of now she can argue, well, I've pinned the women's champion. Where's my title shot? Yeah, I'm and the Bailey is an absolute now, yeah. star. So I think that's kind of this match. I think it's kind of the, the beginning of something as opposed to having a great story going into the show. But on, on the mention of the women's champion there, Bianca Belair, maybe it was because she came out first on the show, but she got a massive reaction. She, she did. Like, yeah. She did, I, yeah. I think it probably was because it was the first person. I, there was a dark match, but I didn't watch that. And it seemed like a lot of people filing in with us also didn't bother watching the dark match. So there was the first a entrance music. Sorry, go on. There was a match on the network uh, on the pre-show and it was um, Austin Theory teaming up with yeah. Alpha Academy um, with the uh, Street Profits. I forget who the yeah. Street Profits were with now. Um, uh, Moss, Madcap Moss, Madcap Moss, sorry. Uh, so I'm guessing was that the dark match you're on about? Do you, do yes, you know? that's right. Yeah, yeah? We okay, so, okay, yeah. I did, <laughs> I did, I did watch that. Yeah, yeah. Madcap Moss, I'm not quite sold on yet. I don't really know. He just reminds me of that Mojo Raleigh a little bit. I'm not yeah, quite brought into his his character quite yet, so I'm not quite sure. What... Yeah, he's a wrestler. I'm not disputing that. <laughs> I just don't know why I should like him or hate him at the moment. It's <laughs> basically no, what I'm I getting. Get yeah, I get um, but yeah, no. But you've you basically mirrored what I was going to say. To be honest, because. Me and NJB did talk um, after the pay-per-view, obviously not on the podcast, but on uh, after, and we were like, oh, maybe it is a start or something, because we were both kind of like, they've not really pushed it overly in the weekly shows, to be totally honest. So we were a bit perplexed on, but we were like, yeah, we need Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Neo Sky to win if this stable, because they haven't won the tag team titles. Uh, Bailey, that's only Bailey's second actual match back on television since she's been back in WWE after being injured for about, a, I think she's out for about a year. Um, so, but my logic was that if we want this stable to go anywhere, damage control, assuming that is the name they're going for, um, mm-hmm. they need to win this match. Uh, but yeah. having, yeah, having, totally. having Bailey pin, like you said, the raw women's champion makes perfect sense. And once the match was over, I was like, that was better than I thought. Cause I had no expectation of it. And two, it's now set up for, what is Bailey going to do with that information now that I've pinned the Raw Women's Champion, which is what you just said, So, which is um, very much where I was going with it, mate. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I also think as well that the, the, the names in this match here, um, I mean, no disrespect meant to Io Sky and Dakota Kai, both yeah. incredibly talented ladies, of course Definitely, they are. Definitely, yeah. But the other four are kind of, in my eyes anyway, my very naive WWE eyes, I guess, the other four are kind of on another level, a step above those two at the yeah. moment. So yeah. when you've got Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Oscar, and Bailey all involved straight from the off, you're gonna get the crowd pumped right from the very first uh, first minute, aren't you? Yeah. So yeah. as a show opener, I think it served its purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I wasn't uh, I wasn't sold on this when we talked about it prior, but obviously after now seeing and how it's panned out i can you know i'm in for what's going to happen obviously as we sit here now as uh, raw's tonight so what's going to happen on raw um the f- i love the fact that the crowd were chanting uh, singing the hey bailey song again yeah. um and i also love i know when, i know i'm not supposed to like this but i love the fact that she kept tagging out when the crowd started chanting for her because she's not yeah, gonna brilliant. pander to the crowd so to speak so she's brilliant with that and i thought they uh, yeah it was a great opening match, um, and I—I I mean, you, you, 
I don't know whether we're biased, mate, because it's in the UK. I don't know, but I I generally thought it was a really good show. SmackDown, I said at the top of the show, was a really good show this week as well. Um, so and Raw, Raw, I always struggle. I know you've probably heard me say this on the podcast, and I did say it at the beginning of the show, but I'm very much Raw is an hour too long for me, and it yes. has been for a while. Um, so and unfortunately, you will hear me moan about that quite a lot, and the fact that DDTs aren't used properly, which nobody's heard me say this on the show yet. I have mentioned it. <laughs> that I will bitch and moan about it, but I've not said it yet because it's not um, occurred that much in matches lately, so it's not too bad. Um... No, I'm very familiar with your thoughts on that, and I, <laughs> I echo them as well. The same as uh, a super kick, for example. I mean, yeah. as we're recording this now, it's Monday afternoon. I was up till whatever it was, five after five this morning with my wife and my youngest daughter watching the AEW pay-per-view. Oh, okay. So, of course, it's super kick central, isn't it? They're, they're flying yeah, all over the place for that. Shawn Michaels, I, I keep saying it, Shawn Michaels won five world titles with a super kick. Yeah, yeah. When did this move become a transition? But anyway, we're going to go on a big yeah, yeah. We, that, we, we could knows. have a special episode about <laughs> DDTs and super kicks. I think, mate. To be totally honest, uh, maybe that will be down the line. I don't know, but I, I know I echo that completely. It's when somebody gets kicked in the face and then they sort of stumble. I mean, it did happen in WWE um, recently, but um, I think it was on SmackDown actually. Despite the fact that I love the show overall, I didn't dive in overly quickly as much as I normally do this uh, on this show because obviously wanting to get this done and on this sort of supersized show of a bit of smackdown and let's get clash of the castle done obviously was uh-huh. so um but yeah no yeah i'm fucking with you on that one to be honest <laughs> it fucking winds me up um i we, we will talk about it i know this is not the second match but i think we need to just talk about it quickly is um edge and Rey mysterio versus the judgment day now, me and Nick both went because we feel like the group, if they're going to go anywhere, needed the win. I know it's against one Hall of Famer and one Hall of Famer, well, will be a Hall of Famer in Rey Mysterio. Uh, we both got it wrong. Edge and Rey Mysterio won. We honestly thought the Judgment Day would um, would uh, win. Um, it was cool to see the crowd singing uh, Edge's theme tune. Um, it was freaking amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, what was that like? Because you were there, so were you joining in with that? Uh, yes, a hundred percent. It was unbelievable. I mean, Rey Mysterio came out, and, and obviously he's got the masks flashing up on the, on the screen and so on, and he got a good reaction. But you could you could feel that everyone was waiting for Edge, and they were waiting for the "You think you know me" and the music yeah. and so on. And I mean, where we were sat, we were sat. I suppose if you're looking from the hard cam, we were sat on the right-hand side, but up very, very high. We're only a couple of rows from the back. So we sort of looked basically across the whole stadium from where we were. Yeah, like a nice bird's-eye view of the whole the whole thing then, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. Were, yeah, we were quite a distance back, but it was still still great to be there. And when the, the music for Edge hit and you heard that, you know, you think you know me, the, in, the intro part then, the drums like, duh, duh, and all that sort of stuff, you couldn't hear it where we were because the crowd was that loud. So loud, yeah. You know, and then when obviously the lyrics pop in and, and, and you know, Mars Kennedy starts belting out what he's belting out, everyone is just joining in and, and singing along. And that was that was probably, I mean, I had my phone out at the time. I'm not a big fan of watching stuff through my phone, so to speak, when people record concerts and all that sort of stuff constantly on their screen. Oh, let's get a bit yeah, of this song, let's get a bit of this song. But I had this on my phone as Rey Mysterio came down and then happened to catch the beginning of Edge's entrance as well. And 
it, I must have rewatched this dodgy, wobbly, shaky, bad quality video I made about 20 times since I've been home because it, it genuinely it was it was a goosebumps moment. It was incredible. Cool, man. I, I go. I'm gonna make a request now, and I'm gonna get you to. Could you send me that on Facebook after, mate? Because that'd be freaking awesome to see if you if you are possible if you can do that at some point. I'd like yeah, to see I'll that. Send actually, it across, yeah, I'll send it across. I mean, you um, can hear my incredibly poor singing um, free part of it. So please ignore that. But <laughs> oh no, even better, man. And we might play it on the show next on for the next episode. <laughs> uh, no, man, it it looked really cool. Um, and I also didn't really occur to me till he was almost in the ring that obviously Edge retired. And has come back, of course. But when he came back, not long after, the world went into lockdown. So we haven't seen Edge in this country. I don't even know when the last time he was over here. Probably like 2009, maybe maybe 2010. I don't know. So it's got to be at least 10 years plus, I would say. Maybe nine years at the absolute minimum since he's actually been in the UK. So, I mean, as a competitor... Yeah, I reckon you're probably right. He did one of those inside the ropes tours, like the Q and A. Oh, did he? Oh, okay, I didn't know that. But I don't know the date of that. That may have been as far back as you're thinking, anyway. But I yeah. know he was involved in one of those whilst he was retired. So that may have been yes, a good bit show. more recent, but I don't know. But yeah, in the ring though, into yeah, yeah it's um yeah. So I was oh my god, this is so cool. Um, I kind of called this match apart from the fact that uh, Judgment Day didn't win. But there were signs throughout the week on the show. I was talking on Raw and then um, obviously Smack... I think obviously I wouldn't talk on the SmackDown show this week, but on the Raw show I was talking about the comment that uh, Dominic made to um, Ray saying, I thought this was going to be a family, you know, a family match, you know, to, against the Judgment Day. You know, why have you got Edge? And Ray basically bluntly basically says, look, I need someone with more experience. Obviously Edge and uh, Ray, you know, despite the fact that they're many, many years of uh, being in the ring, but they were also tag team champions together back in like 03. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said, oh, okay, but you can come and sit out, sit out, uh, you know, come out ringside with us and everything. And also the the scene between Rhea and Dominic, uh, where Dominic couldn't bring himself to hit um, Rhea, basically, with the uh, kendo stick, which you kind of get. Um, so I kind of, I thought, I honestly thought Dominic was going to join the Judgment Day. Because, and I also, an outside shot, I thought maybe this whole time Edge was like manipulating the Mysterios to get Dominic away from Ray. But I, obviously, that's, that was more of an outside shot. But I felt that Dominic was going to turn. Um, so I didn't quite get it right, but I kind of did get it right in the same, in the same breath. No, um, I get you. Yeah, it's one of those things where the when the match you know started, and well, not even started, when Mysterio was making his entrance, you must I must have heard five or six people around me all go, Dominic's turning tonight, isn't he? We all agree on that. So, you know, so it's like, I, I think everyone kind of had the same mindset with where yeah. they were going with Dominic Mysterio, potentially. But I think it was done really, really well. Uh, if you have seen clips of it, uh, it's when Eddie turned on Ray back in the day and the clothesline that Dominic gave Ray was very similar as well. Right, okay. And obviously Dominic's got the mullet haircut. Um, mm. My... my... <laughs> I I I I don't mean I don't know where they exactly go with it. I will. What I would need to say. What do you call it on? A, a, is it chain wrestling when somebody's being a dickhead on Twitter? What do you call it? Oh, pimple dick. Yeah, there's a few out there, yeah. man, and they're basically saying that how can he turn? Look at his physique and all this kind of bullshit towards Dominic. F- fuck off, basically. Um, mm. There's a there's a deeper story. You talk about long term storylines. We all know about the custody ladder match with Ray and uh, Eddie back in the day and Dominic believe it or not, was in the crowd and got involved yes. in the match. So um, 
Uh, um, but what I don't like is these people are basically body shaming him, trying to, essentially. Um, all right. And the problem is as well, you, you, you get a lot of these people who, I mean, I'm in no great physical shape <laughs> in any way, shape or form. Well, I say it. that, I'm round. Round is a shape. So I suppose I do qualify <laughs> from that aspect. But you know what I mean? You get a lot of these people online, the, the IWC, as it's called, isn't it? the internet wrestling community. Yeah. First of all, the IWC is a very small percentage of the people who watch wrestling. Yeah. So their opinions, they're, they're, I think they're almost on Twitter, especially they're almost in an echo chamber because their opinions gather speed and gather momentum because they're bouncing those ideas off other like-minded people, of course. or they're arguing with more people about other opinions and so on. So it kind of escalates in this own little bubble. Whereas in the bigger scheme of things, it don't really matter no, as much course. as these people think. And also, they're talking about how Raymond, sorry, Dominic Mysterio looks, and you know, body shaming and so on. I'm willing to wager 99% of these people are sat in their mum and dad's basements with the crumbs <laughs> from a bag of cheese Cheerios dripping down their chest, shirtless, dribbling Dr. Pepper all over themselves, going, oh, yeah, I wouldn't do it like that. They can't get out of a chair without getting out of breath. Never mind pull off a moonsault. Do you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> uh, I, I don't want you to shush, but I just want to do it for comedic relief. Shoes, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah. So basically, people, shoosh. Uh, listen to Chad Gable and shoosh. Because I, but what I didn't like about it, man, you've already covered it very, very well. Um, was the fact they were kind of saying that he's not in the right shape to be a wrestler. It's like, I'm sorry, and Big Daddy V was what a fucking, <laughs> mm. and he was a bloody great wrestler, a great heel. Yeah. So you know, well, I watched Keith Lee wrestle in a tag match last night, and he is, uh, I, I believe Keith Lee is probably bigger than ever and oh, okay. uh, for, for AEW he is a very very large man but this guy is incredible I don't think it really matters that guy know. can do some great things that you think exactly. the way we've been programmed as wrestling fans we're like how can he do that why can't he do that he can do it he's bloody amazing Keith Lee and WWE was fucking stupid to let him go old management I would assume I, I'm mate to be fair with Triple H being in charge obviously I don't know in terms of creative um, there's a lot of people I feel that will be heading back to WWE. The backstage reports that I'm reading are saying that the atmosphere is a lot better backstage, a lot more fun to be there. Um, so hopefully that uh, that stays the same, and hopefully it doesn't get mm. um, to. Um, hopefully it won't get toxic again, you know. So, but yeah, again, the the the, the stupid made up AEW versus WWE war is just nonsense as well, isn't it? And, and AEW fans, I'm a, I'm a big AEW fan, led hugely by my daughter and my wife. That's our thing. We love it. And I love spending time with a pair of them watching it and so on. Yeah. We've got no hatred for WWE. It's just not my cup of tea. Fair enough. You know, but if things carry on changing the way they are, I'm more inclined now. In fact, I, I say I'm more inclined. I know I'm going to. I'm going to watch Raw tomorrow when I get in from work. Yeah, I, I, maybe not the whole three hours. I may scan through it, but I'm going to have a look what happens. I would and recommend I would to, to you, to be honest, mate. I would recommend to you more SmackDown than Raw. Generally, okay. it tends to be the better show. But you know, this week could be could be complete. I could be completely wrong. Raw might be the stronger show this week. Um, so it depends on what happens, isn't it? I suppose is the better way. Yeah, of... but this whole I don't understand. You get certain people online, and again, we're talking about these idiots in in their own little bubble. Uh, you know, shouting into their own little echo chamber. Yeah. But the, the, these people ranting, oh, AEW's this, AEW's like, yes, let's bring down the WWE. 
are they fucking stupid? Am I allowed to swear on your show, Ben? Yeah, you're allowed to fucking do what you fucking well like, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I probably should have checked that before I said it. No, no, mate, Um, uncensored, mate. You know, I have my opinions. Like, you you either agree with me or you don't. I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to be, like, annoyed if you don't agree with me. Um, But, yeah, no, you can fucking swear away. (laughs) Again, are they fucking stupid? I mate. I saw some. So, I mean, you watch it. AW. I watched AW when it first started. Double or Nothing. The very first show was amazing. I loved it. Uh, the weekly show was were okay. Um, I'm very much a WWE guy. I did try and watch back in the day a bit of WCW. ECW. By the time I got involved with um, WWF, was pretty much wasn't quite dead, but it was almost there. But mates yeah. of mine were giving me tapes to watch, and the presentation. Um, you know, in terms of how it looks on TV, WWE has not been. WCW did it quite well with Nitro. I'm not disputing that, but WWE has been very much unrivaled in terms of presentation. And I, oh yeah, the production levels yeah. are, are, are something I mean, else. Yeah. But again, they're the biggest company in the world for a reason. <laughs> and yeah. I don't understand these people who hate the WWE and want it to fail. If you don't like it, just don't, don't watch. watch it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this weekend is the perfect example. We had what SmackDown aired on a Friday night, I believe. Is that right, Benny? It is, yeah, yeah. Because it's, yeah, I, okay. I, I think it's taped on. I, I don't know if it's live anymore. It, they want, they did a whole thing where, because SmackDown used to be so Raw would be live on a Monday and then they would record SmackDown on a Tuesday for a Friday or a Thursday release. Yeah. Um, I would assume this it week. Went it, live, didn't it for a while? Yeah, I would assume this week because of traveling to the UK and Drew was on the show, and so was Roman, they would have more than like... I mean, I could be wrong. I don't think it was live, but I could be wrong. Um, my logic would say it was taped so they could travel to the UK. I mm. could be wrong on that. Um, but so. yeah, I mean, with regards to that, you, you got SmackDown on uh, the Friday night. You've then got Clash at the Castle Saturday. You had the AEW pay-per-view last night. You had Worlds Collide, which was NXT and NXT UK unifying all their titles. Yes, and so, which yeah. again... It's under the WWE umbrella, but it is a slightly different product. You also have, I don't know what shows ran this weekend, but you also have Ring of Honor uh, running shows and you know guys like Cesaro and so on working there and, and putting on great matches. You know, you've got GCW ran a show this weekend and, and all these different options and the options of streaming services and all these different platforms now where you can find wrestling. If you don't like WWE, just don't watch. They're not, they're not going to care. They no. make so much money, whether you watch or not, they really don't give a shit. I mean, the, go, the, go and watch what you enjoy yeah. and stop hating on somebody for enjoying something different to you. I, I it's mean, just ridiculous, mate. Mate, I just turned freaking 37 and I still get people going to me, you do know wrestling's fake, right? And I'm like, fuck off. I'm sorry. Huh? Thor, Thor um, I mean, I love Marvel movies. Don't get me fucking wrong, mate. But like, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, are the, all those superheroes real, are they? That's that fucking documentary. It's fucking entertainment, and it's fucking amazing, and these men and women put their bodies on the fucking line. So, fuck off with your fake fucking comment. This is probably the most run I've had ever had on the show, by the way. Um, I, I tend to bring that out of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you're the boss of the network, so, you know, if you don't want the show, mate, it won't air, will it? So. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the boss of anything, mate. No, <laughs> you, you're the curator, then, sorry. My bad. You're the curator. Um, I, I mean, I don't. I did do it this week. I don't normally do it. I was talking to Nick about it, um, but... I mean, Raw was up this past week 5% in viewers. And I don't normally okay. talk about viewers and shit because it doesn't bother me. But like you said, I think you've cleared it really well. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Um, 
and you know don't go out your way to watch it just so you can then moan about it you know i mean i don't get me wrong that's the whole premise of this podcast to a degree but i love wwe i'm loving what's going on i like to report on the rumors i love the backstage stuff so but that again is the thing is that you're not hate watching you're not watching i'm not watching it to hate it no hell no no you're not watching the there are people out there who have podcasts who some have ran for quite a while and I'm not going to name any names because that's unfair. But so, some have ran for quite a while. And then you also get some that pop up for four, five, six episodes and disappear. And they may be AEW fans who watch and review Raw and just slag it off. Yeah. And it's like, well, why are you taking three hours of your life to watch something you hate just to slag it off yeah. on, on your podcast? It makes no sense. Now, I know you, you're, on, you're not doing that. I listen, to, I listen to your show every single week. Uh, well, twice a week now, which is, which is fantastic. Um, and... I know when you criticize something on screen, it comes from a place of love in that you want the product to be better. Mate, but yeah. also what goes hand in hand with that and what I, why I find the solo shows covering Raw and SmackDown every week so, so interesting is when there's something good, you are not short on praise either. There's both sides of the coin there. I, yeah, I try Whereas to be, some yeah. Of these, yeah. Some of these other people, it's just like there's negative for negative sake. So well, why are you watching them? What's the yeah. point of okay. that purpose, you know? Amazing feedback, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> well, you're very welcome. It's all true. So. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I mean, years ago, um, when I tried to do... I was doing the Benny Mac podcast, and in about 2016, I found myself leaning towards the negative more and more, and I was not enjoying watching WWE anymore and i was genuinely mm. trying to do the show and trying to be like yeah but i was like no nah, this is sh- i can't and i was finding myself too negative about it and i'm thinking you're supposed to be impartial yeah if that if you don't understand something or you think that what they could why did they do that for or that was amazing i want to see more of that um but i was finding myself i was finding myself getting very negative towards the the product and not just wwe even wrestling i was kind of like falling out of it a little bit i was like why you know why do you yeah. do this um so i stopped the show I stopped it. Um, made some good mates on there. Hopefully, I'm going to have him on again. Uh, Anthony did retrosode and wrestlesode and stuff like that over in Canada. This guy, never. You talk about people meeting people online. Sorry, this guy I'd never met before. I sent him an email. Said, "Would you like to come on the show?" He um, emailed back with the Enzo Amore uh, speech that he used to make. My name <laughs> is Enzo Amore, and he did the whole thing in the email. That was how the email started. I laughed my ass off. <laughs> never met this guy before he lives the other side of the world in canada and we spoke for 35 minutes mate before we hit record and had such a laugh and I'm, that's fantastic and i was like because we were talking about wrestling now he wasn't into wrestling at the time he's watched it before uh it was nice to about a couple of years later he said oh by the way i've started a wrestling podcast i was like, oh cool man i'll listen and he goes if it wasn't for you chatting to me that one time on your show because he was doing a video game um, I was just doing, I was doing wrestling, but I was also interviewing people when they make content and stuff at the time. Okay. But this guy um, was making videos anyway, blah, blah, blah. Gone off topic a little bit. But like I said, he messaged me back and he was like, dude, if you hadn't have got me back into WWE that, after that conversation, I wouldn't be doing this podcast now. And he said, thank you. I don't know how to take compliments, mate, to be fair. I was like, okay, cheers. No worries. But <laughs> looking back at it, I should have been, oh, no worries, man. But I've inspired somebody to create content in a way and I'm, mate i'm a fucking lowly little bloody podcaster <laughs> i know people listen and i appreciate it but we've not hit the level of like superstardom or anything and that's fine i'm enjoying what i'm doing it doesn't matter and that's all that matters that's exactly the biggest, the biggest thing if you're enjoying it that's all that matters and talking about inspiring mate i will say this now live on the podcast the conversation we had many months ago i think you know roughly and you said look just don't worry about it you're doing well etc etc 
basically and you're enjoying it so just do that so and that's actually helped me refocus and actually not worry so much about oh does that sound right does this should i say that should i not say that? so yeah moving on <laughs> before it gets too mushy on this show juice, <laughs> juice please uh, <laughs> let's move on to some fucking wrestling shall we yeah, um yes. some uh so uh now i this was definitely one of the matches I was looking forward to, and these guys beat the bloody snot out of each other. And I, there's been cause of match of the year and stuff already. Uh, but Gunther versus Sheamus, formerly known Gunther, formerly known as Walter, you may probably know him as rather than Gunther. Yeah. Yep. Intercontinental Championship, a championship that, as a kid growing up watching this, I always thought if I was ever a wrestler and made it to WWE, if I became Intercontinental Champion, I'd be happy. I wouldn't have to win any other bout in that company. I would not have to do anything else in that company. I would win the Intercontinental Championship and retire. Because what a f- that bout means, weirdly, quite a lot to me. And it was all, I mean, I'm not, the design of the bout has grown on me, admittedly. Um, I wasn't a big fan of it when it first came out, but actually it's grown on me and I do like it now. Um, but the Intercontinental Championship is one of those bouts that keeps sort of, they build it, they build it, then they drop it again. They build it, they build it, and they drop it again. And I'm hoping with Gunther at the at the helm at the moment, can make the title feel important, much like Roman has done with the Universal Championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, long title reigns, I think, go uh, to help with that. I a believe if you hot potato a championship, and I don't want to get too bogged down with my opinions on booking and all that sort of stuff. Everyone's got different opinions, and majority of people will scream at their podcast player that I'm wrong, so I don't want to get too bogged <laughs> down in, in that sort of thing. But if you hot potato a championship, Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It, it, it can be interesting, I suppose. But then, to me, if you have somebody who is putting on good wrestling matches week after week, month after month, show after show, defending that championship, yeah, and you have worthwhile challengers each time as well, it, it makes the title seem incredibly valuable. I mean, you mentioned the Universal title, though, or the Undisputed title, sorry. Well, yeah. That... That to me is worth so much more in the hands of Roman Reigns. Absolutely. In that it's it's sort of twofold, really. It's it's made the title mean so much more in the last year, year and a half, whilst Reigns has been defending it. And then it also has, I think, elevated Reigns. I mean, he is the the biggest star of the business right now. And I include Brock Lesnar in that. Brock Lesnar is probably one of the few that will move the needle, so to speak, to take a a, a bit of a cheesy old school wrestling term there. Lesnar arrives, ratings do tend to go up. I get that. But Reigns, to me, is the biggest star in the business at the moment for his weekly performances and so on. Which then in turn means, going forward, in my opinion, when Reigns does drop the championship whoever beats him for that championship is a made guy. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Cause he, you know, he's knocked off everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we'll talk about that match a bit later on, but the bloodline has played a big deal, big moment in that. But when he enters the arena, you know, shit's going down. Um, you know, stuff's about to kick off. It's like Brock entering, you know, when that music hits, mm. here we go. You know, or, you know, even with Ronda Rousey to a degree, you know, the fact that she's a legitimate MMA fighter, you know, uh, former UFC women's champion and stuff. I know not everybody likes her, but like I feel when she enters the arena, you know shit's going down. <laughs> it feels big time, doesn't it? Exactly. It feels, yeah. It, you know, I mean, no disrespect meant to anybody at all on on the card and so on, but if this was say Drew McIntyre, I know we're talking about a different contest here. I apologise for jumping ahead a bit, but we mentioned championships and so on. If we're talking say Drew McIntyre and he was wrestling, I don't know. 
uh, a former, say for example, Finn Balor, incredibly talented guy, probably in ring. Yeah. Some would argue better than Reigns when it comes from the the bell to bell product, or even McIntyre, I suppose, with a Mysterio or an Edge, who are previous WWF champion, WWE champions. Sorry, I don't think that main event would have felt as big if it was somebody else other than Reigns, because of Reigns, the way that the title has been built with him. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I mean, uh, into if just, just. I mean, obviously, he picked up the WWE Championship at WrestleMania when he beat Brock, obviously. But like the Universal Championship, when they were introducing the new belts, I understand the name of it, and it was supposed to be that anybody can win it because if you're heavyweight champion and blah blah blah, whatever. That was their that was their reasoning. To be honest, when Bro- I know Brock held it for ages, and then like I know Finn Balor had it for like a day, and then Kevin Owens had it for a bit. of Brock basically held it, and he did make the title feel a bit more thingy but since it's been on the shoulders of roman as this heel roman the tribal chief Mm -hmm. head of the table that universal championship like you said we've already said it many times but means so much more um so you know obviously yeah he has a wwe title um i think i'll say on the weekly shows the last couple of weeks but there was rumors and talks of obviously smackdown is on fox i've already said this before but smackdown's on fox and um, raw's on usa network obviously um Obviously, you can't. You kind of only have um, Roman does make appearances on Raw, but not very many. He tends to be more mostly on SmackDown because he was a SmackDown superstar. There's talks about the networks not being happy and not having a Raw champion on both shows. So um, whichever whichever networks are allegedly complaining about that. So at some point, I think that Universal WWE Championship will be morphed into one bout, and we may see a new heavyweight championship maybe or there is also talks of splitting the bouts which i wouldn't mm-hmm. don't think i want to see to be honest you spent all this time putting it together and, and keep stop doing that you know i remember back in 01 when um jericho became the first undisputed wwf you know champion with the world heavyweight yep. championship bout and you know so technically the world heavyweight title is merged with the wwe title but like i'd like to see that big gold bout back you may have heard me say this on the show already Yes. I, w- I would like to see that back um, if that is the case. Um, I, but what happens? Obviously, we'll see what happens. And I'm actually enjoying the fact that, yeah, I can sit here and speculate, <laughs> but I'm actually excited to watch the product and see where it goes. And I'm looking forward to certain things. And it's starting to feel like every match on the card to a degree, they're starting to build each. Back in the day when I used to watch it, every match near enough had some sort of backstory or story building. So, you know, there was something, you know, oh, they, this guy did this last week, so this week this guy's going to do this or whatever, or this woman's going to do that. So the the show feels a bit more fuller, even though they're having actually less matches, I'm finding, on the shows. It's more about the wrestling and the contest in the ring rather than all the backstage stuff. So that's what mm. it feels like. Whether that's true, I don't know. That's what it feels like. Um, okay, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit with you here then with regards yeah. to the undisputed championship and the the two titles that Roman is currently holding. You say that you wouldn't want to see them split again. You'd rather see it morphed into almost like one championship. But then a, another world title appearing on Raw, would that not kind of be the same thing as splitting the belts again? Or have I misunderstood? To, to, to a degree, I understand where you're coming from. To a degree, I understand. But like, what I mean is, because you've got the Universal and the WWE title, have that as one. And if you bring back a belt that is legit, like bring a belt out of retirement, like I said, the World Heavyweight Championship, the former... WCW bout, the former NWA bout, essentially, if you bring that bout, that prestige that bout has, mm-hmm. people will want it. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm just spitballing as you do on these shows. <laughs> but again, that brings us back to, to the Intercontinental Championship and you mentioning about how 
how it was important to you as as, as a youngster. And I, I'm very much the same. I can remember Roddy Piper winning the Intercontinental yeah. title in 1992. I was a big Piper fan. And I was a big Brett fan as well. And so when Brett beat him at WrestleMania 8, it was a big deal. And that was the title I kind of looked at in a similar way that, that you described yourself when you were younger. The history of that championship to me is what makes it. The same as the US title. Yeah. That has yeah. you know, that that has its roots in WCW and the NWA and all that sort of stuff. The history of those titles is kind of what makes it for me. Makes yeah, yeah. it important. And I think that's where the World Heavyweight Championship comes in because it's about that old school fans will know whether it's redesigned. I don't know. I'd rather not. <laughs> but you know, mm. um, it's a, it's a hard one because you know. I'm just, again, these are all rumors. Allegedly, the networks are, are complaining that, or one of the networks is complaining they don't have a World Championship or a world heavyweight champion on their shows as much. Um, I would assume Raw, um, but um, it's hard to know. Um, but you need a bout in there, don't you, to... If you did split it, I suppose, you you know, at least it still holds the prestige. But I think, I feel like if you, if I'm to look at, if I was to look at the individual bouts at the moment in terms of the world heavyweight championship, I would say the universal championship means more than the WWE title, which is a horrible thing to say, really, because of the history but Roman has been that good at being this head of the table and in being the champion as universal. It almost made sense to put the, the other title on him <laughs> because he's yeah. like you said. So, yeah, I mean, one, one idea that sort of popped in my head uh, many, many years ago, and we're going back to Brock Lesnar, Eddie Guerrero, what would that have been? 2004 ish, I suppose that sort of time. Yeah. Uh, uh, when, well, when, had... when Eddie won the title, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. No way. Out, wasn't it? Yeah. So oh four, oh four. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you, had, you, had the, you had two separate titles, but then eventually the, the undisputed title, that, that belt, that I sort of, I always picture Guerrero wearing it when it was a combined championship before they bought the world title back and just handed it to Triple H. And so, well, it might have been a bit earlier then, 2002, potentially. But uh, uh, I think Triple H got handed the heavyweight championship in 03, I, okay. if I remember rightly. Yeah, so uh, before that, there was yeah. just the one undisputed champion, wasn't there? And it was, yes, it was yeah. Lesnar for a while and so on. An idea that was kind of banded around then, and I'm not sure it would work now with two separate networks wanting a world champion, so to speak. But you you have Raw as your one brand, obviously, SmackDown as the other. And the main title on SmackDown, just for argument's sake, could be the United States Championship. The main title on Raw could be the Intercontinental Championship, elevating both of those belts. And then you have one undisputed champion who works both shows, yeah, and both shows are trying to build their number one contender to face this undisputed champion at the pay per views. Whilst they have their own shows, secondary title for want of a better term, a mid card title. I, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah, because I assumingly like back when they split the brands initially, the uh, the whole process was supposed to be that the world champion, whoever that would be, would defend it and appear on both shows yes. so, so yes. it's, it's a it's a valid it's a valid idea um the issue was of course though that around that time brock lesnar took the belt to smackdown and storyline wise <laughs> yeah. he took the belt to smackdown and wasn't coming back so they handed the world title to triple h yeah, but yeah. behind the scenes it was probably a little bit more like triple h threw his toys at the pram because he wasn't <laughs> holding the belt but there we go that's, that's again a that's story a different for story for a different podcast yeah. yes definitely um but yeah in terms of the let's get back on to, mate we're like billy yeah, conley sorry we're, we're like we're like billy conley we go on a rant and we've you know we'll, we'll get there we'll, we'll find our way there um but yeah i enjoyed this match man um a lot of chops which i uh which I knew was going to happen. And I saw a picture of Seamus's chest after the fact. Holy crap. Um, good old fashioned, 
I don't know, like slugfest, really. Um, almost like old school. I wouldn't say fully old school world of sport, but I feel like it was close to a degree. Not in a, not in a technical sense, but uh, in a let's beat the crap out of each other sense. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I didn't really get any world of sport vibes from it myself, but I know what you're getting at with regards to the sort of brutality potentially for, yes, for, for yeah, one of a yeah. better phrase it's the, the sort of hard hitting and you're always going to get that with these two as well aren't you and i think with seamus the fact that he has the complexion of a milk bottle it kind of means that when he does get a chop it looks Worse even and... more dramatic yes yes yeah. <laughs> i don't know lack of tan potentially i guess or whatever it comes up and you see the fingerprints and everything like the the, the whole five fingers and so on it, it kind of looks incredibly dramatic it's quite a striking visual isn't it yeah of course i mean in terms of the world of sport coming i just made i think i probably should have said maybe more like european wrestling maybe i don't know okay. i don't really know how to to verbalize it in that case but i mean nick went with seamus for this one because it would have been cool to see seamus win the IC title he's never held it that's the only title he's never held um but uh i went with gunther because i feel even though he's held it for about four months i think i feel like we're only getting started with gunther and mm. we need yeah, more. We need more of it. And I'm glad they've. I'm. Is is? Don't get me wrong. It would have been cool to see Sheamus win it, but then what? Well, yeah, this is the thing, isn't it? it you know, it's, I, I think eventually you're going to somewhere down the line. The natural progression will be for um, Sheamus to part company with the likes of Ridge Holland and, and Pete Dunn or, or Birch or however he's, he's named his uh, name. Yeah, mate, I talk about it all the time. I don't like the fact that he's named uh, Butch. You, you've taken mm. a guy that is a second ever uh, UK champion, bloody great wrestler, um, great performer, did amazing in NXT and stuff, and you call him Butch when he comes to the main roster. What's the matter with you people? We, you've just taken a guy that's already established to a degree I don't, I don't get it personally on that one. I really don't. I'm trying to see the angle of why they've done it, but I can't. I can't see it. And do you know what? You could have had him join Sheamus and Ridge Holland, and still be part of the brawling brutes. But just as Pete Dunn, because you know what Pete Dunn can do in the ring. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I suppose exposure <laughs> is, is the thing, isn't it? With regards to we know who Pete Dunn is, obviously. Uh, but then. My daughter, again, I, I use her quite often as a foil for my sort of mainstream wrestling views because she is a lot more of a casual fan when it comes to WWE, especially than I. So with Pete Dunn, my daughter, if I showed her a picture of Butch now, having watched some of Clash at the Castle, she would know who that is. If I showed her a picture of Pete Dunn, who he was Pete Dunn for a much longer period, she would not know who that is. And I think that's down to exposure. I mean, he's on NXT UK. He was on NXT. We're watching that as wrestling fans. The audience for those shows wasn't very big in comparison to what a SmackDown would draw. So you're bringing Pete Dunn in and saying, look, this is Pete Dunn. This guy has done this, this, and this. Is the more relaxed fan in the States really going to give a shit? I don't know. Yeah, I see see what you're getting at. To be honest, I, just, I agree uh, with you. I'd rather he was still Pete Dunn, one hundred percent agree. Yeah, with you. yeah. But I'm just trying to look at the, the sort of the other side of the coin, maybe. And you know, obviously, I'm not in those meetings. I have no idea why they did it. It puzzles me. But <laughs> there we go, mate. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, I enjoy the Gunther Sheamus match. I loved it. I like the fact that Gunther's still got the title. I liked the fact that the Fabian Eichner is now with Imperium again. 
um, which was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, um, but uh, you very much, obviously he was a fella at the entrance with uh, Ludwig. And um, that's why there was a bit a good pop for him because he, when Gunther, Walter and Ludwig came up for some reason, Fabian Eichner didn't. And I don't know the backstory for why, when he was let go. And it's a shame because I thought he was really good. Um, But hopefully we get to see him now. So hopefully if you're going to be tuning in, you get to see him as well. Um, what do you think of the match, then, mate? Quickly before we move on, just 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 what you'd expect it to be, isn't it? It's just two massive blokes slapping the crap out of each other, basically. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and and again, this is something else I think that some people don't think about when it comes to WWE. It, it's got to cater for so many different tastes, of course. Yeah. So if they were to put on, you know, Dave Meltzer esque five star New Japan matches from the opening bell to the main event, I I, I was I you know kids five six seven years old with their parents they're not going to give a shit about that of course not no so you have the likes of you know some smaller guys doing what they do in the ring and then you have two brutes like this wrestling this style they are catering for different tastes i mean yeah me personally i like it i like things a lot more mat based i like i always say to my daughter jokingly when when the young but the young bucks have done 17 backflips and she adores it i go yeah but it says wrestling on the poster and that, that's kind of what my taste is yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. More, more mat based wrestling however these guys stood toe to toe just beating the shit out of each other loved it absolutely loved it it was fantastic I think the UK fans in general would, I mean, not just UK fans, but I feel like we would enjoy that more, which we did. I think in general, it's like I said, it's been called match of the year already, which I'm not quite sure that's the, the <laughs> there, but it was a good match and I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that was cool, man. I'm glad I, I, the atmosphere again seemed very, very good for that match. And it, oh, I, I, yeah. fa- I felt like maybe we'd have more of a Seamus uh but the crap uh like for Seamus but it seemed very I wouldn't say 50-50 but I wouldn't say it was all in Seamus's corner it was very much there was a, a it was like maybe 60-40 for, for, for Seamus it seemed very yeah. split to me the thing the thing as well with a UK crowd is that I don't I don't I can't think of the right words um a smart crowd maybe they might be described as yeah the same as when you go to certain cities in the states and they won't boo and cheer for who the WWE want them to they would boo and cheer for who they they want to makes um, sense my 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 middle daughter and my wife watched this whilst I was at the show and my middle daughter is not into wrestling whatsoever but watched it because I was there and she couldn't figure out in certain matches who was to, to coin her to use her terms who was the good guy who was the bad guy because the crowd were cheering and booing for both in a lot of matches. And yeah. that, that, I think, is a very much a UK crowd thing. That is something we do quite a great deal. Yeah, I'd say you said already said about the US, a certain town like Chicago, New York, would kind of be a bit like that as well, off the top of my head. A Chicago crowd would be sort of like split down the middle or, like you said, not cheer for the good guy or, or sorry, boo the bad guy. Um, boo the good guy, you know what I mean. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I mean, the Rollins-Riddle match is the perfect example of that. Riddle is supposed to be the babyface. He's supposed to be the good guy. When he came out, there was a massive chorus of boos around me. For uh, for who, sorry, Riddle? Yes. Yeah, yeah. In fact, well, I was going to leave this match for the next one, but yeah, let's talk about Riddle versus Seth Rollins now. 
Um, Nick went for Riddle, and Riddle's been on fire, to be honest, since uh, Randy's gone. Um, I did a bit of an update at the top of the show about Randy. There isn't much inf- new information side, to be honest. Um, okay. Looks like he's going to be out for the rest of the year, but we'll keep an eye oh, on that as we go. As we go. Um, I can't find anything recent uh, today to find, to give me like a real sort of... Um, but, you know, do you know what? If he turns up tonight on Raw, mate, amazing, because I'd rather not know. Because I, then I can have yeah. a more of a, an exciting evening. Anyway, um, Riddle's been doing really well. Um, the segment I'm assuming you saw. I don't know if I sent you it after, but the um, the swearing on Raw obviously it was blanked yeah, out. That, yeah. The way they did it. Me and Nick were really gutted that they didn't have this match at SummerSlam. At the time, I'm glad they didn't have it at SummerSlam because the story they've built since and the the personal sort of back and forth between Riddle. Yeah, it's been more. really interesting. Exactly. I mean, Riddle made the comment before that they went off the air about Becky being the only man in the family. So when we saw it come back from commercial on Raw and we had Seth make those comments about, oh, unless you want to talk about my family, let's talk about your family. Oh, wait, you haven't got one because your wife left you and took your kids. And fucking, mm. it was like, boom, like, oh, holy shit. I mean, I think yeah. everybody can relate to that, whether you have kids or not, because you're mentioning somebody's family and you're bringing yeah, it into totally. it. But if you look at it from the other point of view, Riddle started it. So what do you expect from Seth, really? <laughs> it's also blurring the lines, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. Because, again, you sort of look at the different types of audience. And AEW, for all their faults, and there are plenty of them, uh, they do this quite well. In that, the, the riddle comments there, if you're a kid watching, you're thinking, whoa, that's, that's a big deal. If you're a grown-up watching who is into the backstage goings on, as, as you mentioned, you are yourself, Benny. It blurs the lines a bit because we know that Matt Riddle's wife left him yeah, because of, of certain stories and so on. And it is that situation of, Oh, okay. Now there all the, all that rest of it, we, we know that's all predetermined and it's a show, but that there, was that meant to happen? I love that stuff. I know. And that, Oh yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's good. It's good. You know, it always brings when you say when you said it. Then it reminds me of the Monday Night War documentaries and stuff. I don't know if you've seen those, and uh, especially on the network, they the one I, I brought the DVD years ago, the Monday Night War. That I would say is more of an overview of what happened. The Monday mm-hmm. Night War series on the network, mate. I don't know if you've got the network, is really interesting and it, it dives in a lot more. And obviously, you were yeah. you were a WCW fan, I believe, beforehand. Yeah, well, so I, I I love WWF as well. But yeah, WCW makes up a big part of my viewing now, obviously for the shows I do, but the also Nitro Nights, little shout out, we're on SJP yeah, World yeah, Media. Yeah, yeah. The blurring of the lines. I mean, today, all the stuff coming out about Punk and him having a bit of an altercation with the Bucks backstage and saying certain things in the press conference uh, is all blurring the lines from what the the dirt sheets are reporting yeah is is it a work is it a shoot is it this is it that my little girl doesn't understand anything with regards to work shoot of course yeah whatever she just thinks oh my goodness there's some real stuff going on here i must watch next week so they've got her they've that's the hook for her yeah fair enough me me, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, well, okay, I know some of this stuff is actually genuine. So the Colt Cabana stuff and is may um... only be may only be five percent, but you know, ninety five percent of work, whatever. But at the same time, that's hooked me now, and I want to hear more and see more. Yeah. So the way when it's done well, and again, Riddle and Rollins coming back to our, the show we're looking at now, when it's done well, like Riddle and Rollins did, and they blur those lines, that to me is the best storytelling yeah. in pro wrestling. 
you can get to a point where you do it too much though and it'll be yes. like then it becomes more like okay whatever like so you got to pick Vince and choose so we are looking at you bro yeah you got to pick and choose your moments i think and this was like i said i was me I, I was really me and nick were actually when we talked about SummerSlam because we did the pre-show uh, before the weekend and then as the week went on it turned out riddle and seth weren't going to compete at SummerSlam. so me and nick had already spoke about it and we were really looking forward to this match mm-hmm. like i said the fact that they didn't do it now sorry at SummerSlam, and they've done it now i, I love the fact that and it's been really good i'm it felt like when the match ended it's concluded but i'm not sure I don't think it's done because the way it kind of ended, and obviously, obviously, I, I chose Seth Rollins to to win. I think on most of my picks, I to be honest, I was right on <laughs> in this particular okay. show, um, which is quite nice to know. Um, uh, but yeah, oh, I, the match was good. I think after seeing Sheamus in Walter, maybe it's a good job they spaced it out. I think, but I felt a bit. Uh, I, I I would I would rate. Walter Sheamus just and I mean literally fingernail width slightly better than Seth Riddle but that's not saying the Riddle Seth match was crap because it was not by any stretch I enjoyed it so um what was it like the atmosphere there and you know the bro the was great. I mean you've got the whole sing-along aspect with with Rollins theme as well yeah, haven't of course you? there was a lot of that going on yeah you could hear yeah, that same it reminded me of like when Nakamura used to have his sing-along and yeah, so yeah yeah you know that kind of atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Also, I was never in that sort of atmosphere. But you hear it, yeah. So you... hand, yeah, yeah. So the atmosphere there was great. Riddle, you had a lot of people there who were cheering for Riddle because you know they're supposed to. He's a good guy, and then you had a lot of people there who obviously know certain, shall we say, less savory aspects of his character in the past. <laughs> and people were booing him. A lot of people around me, for example, were booing him because of that. I mean, you mentioned there that it has this finished. My only mindset would be if Orton is not returning very soon where do these two guys go next if this has finished yeah I mean Seth's kind of laid the groundwork that once he's finished with Riddle he's coming for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship so he's always leading that in there but whether that happens um, well I suppose that would make sense because they're going to need something for Roman to do whilst they wait for Cody to come back, win the Rumble and beat him at Mania, aren't they? <laughs> That's the general so. <laughs> consensus. That's the ge- I mean, I love that video package. I'm assuming they showed it in the arena when I went they to did, it. Yes. Yeah, that package. I, I Even now, mate, that, I, I, think, I don't know if you watched it after, the promo he gave about Dusty Rhodes and winning the title and, and all that kind of stuff. And just, obviously, this is where you blur the lines between reality and, you know, showmanship or yeah. whatever you want to call it. But... um even watching that video package, I'm like, I can't wait for Cody to come back. And I, I, I feel it in my freaking like chest. Like I need Cody Rhodes to be, and I understand exactly what he means. He wanted to give his dad the championship that he never won and all this kind of stuff. And obviously we all know the story of Dusty Rhodes and everything. Um, and hearing Dusty it's... Rhodes it, it, cut that promo in the video package as well. Get a dream, hold on to it. You know, that one. Um, it's so powerful that video package and WWE have always been good when they want to have always smashed these video packages before matches, after matches or promos or whatever for adverts. No company has ever come close. No. So their, their, their vignettes, their production, their, their promo packages, the, the video packages before a match recapping. No one with the music, the production, everything. No one has ever come close to the WWE. Whether that was the NWA, WCW, AEW, doesn't matter how good these companies are. 
I mean, Impact Wrestling, I'll give a shout out to as well, because for a period, their, their, their videos and their recaps were very, very good. No one has ever come close to the WWE for me. No, I mean, I, I aim to the point, I'm sure, you, I don't know about yourself, but I, I have favourite video promo packages before matches. And, yes. I gotta, and I give a shout out to WrestleMania 17 right now, because most people know what I'm going to say straight away. And it's the Rock Austin My Way video package. Yep. Freaking brilliant. I was watching that at the time fully and seeing all these, you know, when Rocket Austin in the ring and smashing beers out of each other's hands and then the fight broke out and the crowd were just in it in that moment. And even at home as a younger, I probably was about what, I don't know how old I was, probably 16 probably at the time. And I'm just like, oh, this is, I can't wait to see this, you know? Um, um, yeah. And I've got several video packages. I like, I love the invasion package before the inaugural brawl and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's a great show. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big, obviously, again, those who have heard me on other shows and whatever know that I'm a massive Shawn Michaels mark to the point where it, it's probably a little bit, you know, ridiculous. But um, <laughs> the whole package of Michaels come back for SummerSlam 2002. Oh, my God, yes. The whole Amazing. story there. And he sits in the chair and goes, it was you, Hunter. Yeah. Oh, goosebumps every time. Yeah, man, I love that. Uh, you see the video sort of, you know, frag or whatever you want to call it so you can see that it's triple h and stood who stood over him and stuff like that that's amazing and to be fair mate 2002 although i went back and saw several matches i, w- I went back and watched the ironman match because bearing in mind i didn't start watching until 2000 i uh-huh. watched the bret hart Shawn michaels ironman match and i was really surprised that it went to a nil nil because i didn't know the result at the time okay um, a great match. Um, I don't know if I'd watch it again because it's an hour long, but <laughs> but my point well, I is, think it, and again, this is this is um, slightly controversial, I guess, in some circles because I'm a massive Bret Hart fan, and yeah. obviously Michaels is my guy. I find that quite hard going at it is, times. Yeah. Looking at it now, yes, when I watched it for the very first time because I didn't know, and I had the I had the great uh, ability, uh, the great thing of not knowing who won it for some strange reason. I mm-hmm. don't know why I didn't know this. Uh, maybe because I wasn't into the history as much, whereas now I'll go back and watch older stuff. And the more and more I got into wrestling, people kept coming to me and said, this is before internet and streaming services, and said, have you seen this match? Have you seen this match? And I was given tapes left, right, and center to watch pay-per-views. I remember watching Hell in a Cell for the very first time in terms of The Undertaker Mankind. I was blown away. And I'm 16 years old going, "Yeah, is this real or not? I, well, I, I was literally like, I blurred the line for me because... How that guy wasn't dead for me. In that well, match. yeah, of course. It was insane. You mentioned Michaels. Well, sorry, I mentioned, but we mentioned Michaels and yeah, Triple yeah. H as well. Another little cheap plug here. Uh, Chain Wrestling this week, Magsy won the poll. So we're going to be covering Triple H versus Shawn Michaels from 2002. But the main event from Armageddon that year, where Shawn is defending the big gold belt against Triple H in three stages of hell. So the first is a street fight. The second is a cage match. Uh, okay. And the third fall, if required, is a ladder match. Spoiler alert, it is required. Yeah, um, they're always, they're always, <laughs> in two out of three, four matches, they're always required, all right? Well, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, that's what we're covering on Chain Wrestling this week. So I'm, I'm oh, very much looking forward to uh, sitting down and making notes on that shortly when we finish here, because that's okay. one of my favorite eras with regards to, right. to wrestling in general, purely because my guy was back, Sean was back. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, hopefully, this, I'm hoping to get this episode to you literally almost straight away. So this episode will be up beforehand. So maybe people will be listening before Chain Wrestling uh, goes live uh, tonight. <laughs> so potentially. We, <laughs> potentially. We are going on a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I love the I like, I like the match. Like I said, I would say I favored maybe Seamus Walt, uh, Gunther slightly more. And I mean, it's okay. literally like fingernail width, mate, to be fair. The match was good. Seth Rollins uh, attire I wasn't overly keen on. <laughs> 
Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> I don't know what that was about. <laughs> we, we, me and the missus was watching with me and she was like, has he been to the local um, fancy dress uh, place in Cardiff somewhere? <laughs> Just, <laughs> so, and then I, all I had images of Homer Simpson dressed in the Halloween costume when Marge was in prison and stuff like that. So there were some funny moments on that. Um, before we get to the main event, then last one before the main event, Liv Morgan champion uh, versus Shayna Baszler. Uh, I, Nick went with Shayna Baszler because he loves the MMA people which is probably why I went with Riddle. Um, and uh, I went for Liv Morgan. I actually thought maybe Liv, maybe there would be maybe some cheating going on or something because it's a weird moment for Liv Morgan at the moment because I love the fact that she's champion. I love the fact she won money in the bank and everything. I've, been, I've always thought Liv Morgan was good and really good. I, yeah, I, I hear it on the show. I think of a Liv Morgan fan you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like... But then the fans seem to have been... Maybe I don't know if it's Ronda Rousey. I don't know, but like they seem to be, and obviously the way it went down between Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey, she had um, uh, Ronda's shoulders were down, so one, two, three, and before the three count was actually the last, so he went one, two, and as he goes for three, Liv actually was tapping out, but the referee counted didn't see it and counted three, so there's an asterisk over that match, obviously. Okay, and right. some of the fans have been a bit like non-receptive to her. Um, so is that? Also, maybe because you see, to me, you see this sort of thing all the time in, in wrestling, and, and you're no better than I with regards to this scenario because I, I I've not watched much, as as I've said. But the, the the proper white meat, squeaky clean baby face character is incredibly difficult to do in in modern wrestling. Incredibly yeah. difficult. To no, do. no, I agree. Now, Liv Morgan gives off that sort of vibes to me, but again, I've barely watched any. Yeah. So is it? Maybe I mean, whilst she is the underdog chasing the belt, that's people exciting. Like but yeah. when she gets there, people start to turn on her a little bit because we've seen that with so many people in the past as well. Of course, we? we have. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. I I I want to keep the championship a bit longer. I feel like she's worked too hard not to. If it gets to the point where the fans are really rejecting her. Please don't do what they did with Roman. Just turn a heel and be done with mm-hmm. it, and say you took. It wasn't me. She could be a perfect heel because you didn't. I didn't turn my back on you. You turned your back on me. Use that line, and you're freaking golden, as far as I'm concerned. Um, also, sorry, Benny, to interrupt, but also, she's an incredibly attractive young lady. Yeah, Let's of course. Beat right, beat yeah, of right course. Yeah. She's she's an incredibly attractive young lady, in a similar sort of way to the way that Trish Stratus was an incredibly attractive young lady. When they turned Trish heel. It was so easy because Trish could literally just stand there and go, I'm better looking than you. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a better person than you. Yeah, exactly. And it's very, very easy to dislike someone who looks as good as some of these individuals. Yeah, no, so I, I agree. Think it could, you, you could even have the aspect of that woven into it, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say the matches. The match isn't going to be one I'm going to be look, thinking about Like when I think about matches now. Um, like I don't think this match is going to live long in the memory, unfortunately. Um, mm. But I liked it; it was okay. But that, but it, it, it unfortunately, and this is no disrespect to either woman because I, th- I rate Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan, but it just felt like a stopgap before we got to what we wanted to see. Unfortunately, and that's one hundred percent. So, and I, and I, I'm a big Liv Morgan fan. In fact, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna go. And buy, I've never done this before. I'm gonna try and buy a Liv Morgan T-shirt. Why not? <laughs> it's gonna yeah, be yeah. done. Um, you, you're yeah. absolutely spot on. You are 100 percent accurate, Benny. Because when this match started, many many people got up out of their seats and and were heading for the the steps and so on. I was one of them. I went to the toilet and to get a pint. 
and I think the majority, I would say the majority, because there's 70,000 people or 65,000, whatever it may well have been. Yeah. But there was a there was a certain percentage of people who got up and went to go and you know go to the toilet, get food, drinks, whatever it may well have been before settling down for the later matches. And I think you do need that in a wrestling show. Yeah, I agree. Not, but my 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 uh, my gripe with it is it's, it's a championship match, and the women's wrestling in the women's division has come a hell of a long way. And it is generally been sometimes better, if not most of the time, been better than some of the men's matches in the last few years, uh, maybe three, four years. But I, my worry, my, this is where this, you know, you said about building a story and stuff. The mm-hmm. interactions between them have been good, but they've been few and far between. And I don't know whether there was enough investment, even though it is for a championship, for either people thought, oh, Liv Morgan's going to turn or they thought, oh, Shayna Baszler's going to beat the crap out of her and, you know, my worry is that nobody cared who was champion, and I feel like that was the gist of this match. Okay, uh, if that if that is makes it, any sense. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Is it again? I I don't know. This is this is me just that genuinely asking your okay. opinion now as somebody who watches. Is it just a stopgap until Rousey comes back? Well, there's been a whole storyline with Rousey, and I did talk about it at the top of the show, but um, it's Rousey's suspension's been lifted. She seems to have been thrown into like a bit of a like um, Adam Pierce, uh, who's kind of a GM, but he's not. Uh, okay. Who seems to use the bold guy you see walking around on the shows. You'll you'll see who I mean when you watch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I know Adam Pierce. Yeah. But um, he doesn't seem to be. He was like saying, "I don't have the authority to lift her suspension." A few weeks ago, um, for an issue, well, who does? So and there's also talk about upper management now getting involved. Um, but she, her suspension was lifted, but Adam Pierce called her a bitch. They didn't blank it out. He called her a bitch. And Whoa, then she locked okay. in the, um, the arm bar on him. And uh, to be honest, he fucking deserved it, to be honest. But where <laughs> they're going with this, maybe they're going to be... Obviously, she's rowd, rowdy Ronda Rousey, you know, in homage to Roddy Piper, obviously. She was a fan of his and everything like that. So um, whether we're going to see this sort of authority start to s- sort of try and put Ronda in line, maybe... And it's like you said, it's a stopgap until whatever they're doing with Rousey without a championship. What happens to the actual? And, and you know, do, I don't want I don't want people not to care about the women's championship match. You know, just because Liv Morgan has it, and mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that's because I'm a Liv Morgan fan. We've already established this, um, but I don't feel they built it enough for people to want to stay in their seats. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I do also think that sometimes there is always just that time when you you need a whiz and a beer. So you have got to pick your moment. <laughs> of and course. For, I'm not, I'm not, for I'm me, not. this was that moment. I mean, people criticise like when we have, uh, I don't know, I'm not. My finger is far from being on the pulse when it comes to, <laughs> to, to modern music and entertainment and so on. Fair but enough. You, you have like WrestleMania and you're, it was the guy's name Pitbull or something like that or various yeah, yeah, different yeah, rappers yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they turn up and do three or four songs. People complain that that's on WrestleMania, but to me that's brilliant because that gives me a chance to run upstairs, go to the league, absolutely go can out the You know, that's perfect for me. So then I'm not missing the, yeah. the likes of a Liv Morgan women's title defense. I, I will th- then I, sit and watch that. I understand where you're coming from, but I think the gripe with this particular match, with like I would have done the same, mate. If somebody in, you know, somebody singing who I don't know who they are, like I was, was an episode of SmackDown a few weeks ago, and a team called Hit Row. I'm not familiar with them because I'm, you know, getting back into it still. So there's a few yep. people here and there, here and there that, and they started singing. I'm like, are they a band or are they wrestlers and it turns out they're actually wrestlers but they just started singing a song and i was like okay 
So I went and made myself a drink while they were doing that because I didn't really understand what was going on. I'm starting I to bet see. They weren't as good as free count. <laughs> <laughs> three count, bloody hell! Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know, mate. To be honest, I didn't take. The problem is, I didn't take much, uh, pay much attention. My gripe with it: this is for a women's championship, which is the highest point you can have as a singles competitor as a woman on SmackDown. And it mm-hmm. did feel, it felt like the old days when I used to watch wrestling and a match would come on. Not, I'm not saying every woman's match was a toilet break because it wasn't. But there are certain matches that you go, well, this isn't for a title. This isn't for anything particular. I'm going to go for a whiz and grab a beer, like you said. I get that. When it's a championship match, even watching at home, the build has not been good enough for me uh, to, and I, again, Liv Morgan fan. And I know Liv Morgan fans will watch and be happy that she's still champion. Because I am, <laughs> but I feel they could have done more to make make this a bit more um, feel more. It felt like you said it felt like a stopgap, basically. Yeah. Um, and hopefully things will pick up. And like you said, maybe now Ronda's back officially. She's technically due a. Re- I don't know. She's had a rematch, hasn't she? So um, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what you do with Ronda without a championship, to be honest. But maybe that's what we're going to see now with her sort of standing up to the authority, essentially, we're going to have maybe a female rather than a stone cold. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know. We'll I see what happens. You, you say about Rousey without a title. To me, it's the, it's the same as Lesnar without a title and, and so on. They're, they're a big enough name in that they don't need the belt. I feel almost the belt needs them more than they yeah, need the yeah. belt. Yeah. The, the Women's Championship on Liv Morgan, whether you view it as an experiment just to see how she gets on or however it's looked at, the women's title would mean more if it was round the waist of Ronda Rousey, just because of who she is. And if somebody can but, beat her, basically. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know but what you then, mean. Yeah. But then Ronda Rousey, to me, the importance of a Ronda Rousey match or a Brock Lesnar match doesn't drop because there's no title involved. Of I'm course quite happy not, no. to watch. I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd be quite happy to watch Ronda Rousey. Well, okay, her first her first match when she was tagging with Kurt Angle and she faced Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. That to me was one of the highlights of that WrestleMania. There's yeah, no it, sh- it, sh- it shouldn't have been. It, it shouldn't have been, should it? Really, a mixed tag team mm-hmm. match. It shouldn't have been. It was a bloody great match and a great but freaking. It's the main debut. value of of, of yeah. that competitor, isn't it? It just seems like the way they've sort of uh, the way she is and the way they've portrayed her, because obviously she is a you know accomplished uh, MMA fighter, genuine women's champion, and everything in UFC. So they've made it seem like not that titles are. They're just after titles, but when it's when you compare it to Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar only turns up when there's titles involved. <laughs> That's what it seems right. like. Whereas Ronda hasn't done that, but I'm just interested. I suppose I'm just interested in a bit sort of. We're in that area now where they're going to build whatever they're going to build, basically, and it, it is interesting to see that. Don't get me wrong, the segments that Ronda Rousey's been involved in the last like four weeks have been really interesting. She hasn't been there every week, but. You know, being arrested and then, uh, you know, being uh, escorted off in a cop car and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, in terms of the Liv Morgan match, it was a good match, but it felt like a toilet break, unfortunately. Yeah. And I yeah. don't like that. And I'm not saying until I'm not saying a toilet break match to be mean. I actually don't like it. And I feel like they could have done a, a better job of building this match for Shayna Baszler. Because Shayna Baszler's. You know, Liv Morgan made a comment of you're a uh, low budget Ronda Rousey. You know, <laughs> <I like that. laughs> you know, um, and Shayna Baszler, I was so impressed with her in NXT and the, the stuff that she does. Um, I think she got lost, lost in the shuffle a little bit, maybe. Um, but hopefully we'll see. She's been a, a women's tag team champion, in fairness, on the main roster. But 
I'd like to see her as a as a champion, but I just don't know <laughs> how you get there. But I think they could have done more. I think is the general yeah, no, tagline. Yeah, I get you. Let yeah. down by creative potential. I th- well, I, I, yeah, they they could have done a lot more with it, and they could have built this story, especially when Liv Morgan's making comments like that towards her. We could have had a lot more. Maybe it will get more personal going forward. I don't know if that is the case or whether this is like literally a stopgap match to um, move on to maybe Ronda or whatever's going to happen next. If we're going to have a draft, I have no idea what's going to happen. That's the point. Mm. Uh, where are we? Okay, main event, mate. <laughs> I know you've got things okay. to do, so we'll get this done. Um, appreciate you coming on the show, mate. appreciate the, 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 the nice comments as well. I probably well, no, Thank you very much for having me. I've, I've, I've had a blast. I appreciate it, man. It's a shame that Nick couldn't be here, really, because it would have been nice because you two haven't actually spoke before. It would have been interesting because you two have... We all have different uh, opinions. I may have had to get the Jerry Springer chant going on and splitting you two up, maybe. I don't know. You, <laughs> but I feel as though you two would have had a really good conversation. And, and whether you can, we, we can convince Nick maybe to come on to maybe one of your shows and talk some wrestling, I don't know. But, yeah, um, that's definitely something but, for the future, um, my friend. He's definitely got, get that sorted. He's definitely an old-school fan, and uh, you know he's been watching wrestling longer than me. Um, he's a bit like yourself. I, I I kind of drag him into WWE and say, "Look what's going on over here." And I tried to get him to watch NXT when it first launched. You know, when, it, when Arrival happened and Revolution and NXT started to build up. You know, more and more before takeovers. Then the takeovers kicked in. I said, "Dude, there's so many talented wrestlers down here, trying, but there's only so many hours in a day. You got to work. You got to do this. You want to, you know." <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, of course. There's so could, much wrestling out there. It's, of course, it's yeah. So we didn't... I'd, I'd love to watch Impact every week. I'd love to watch Raw and SmackDown. I'd love to. I'd love to find. I'd, I haven't watched Dynamite properly in weeks, which is terrible because that's what me and my daughter do together. But yeah, like you said, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can imagine the atmosphere for this match, the main event being absolutely amazing. And before I, I mean, I'll say it quickly now. I did say this on the pre- predictions podcast. I'm. We, <laughs> My heart was, I want Drew McIntyre to win. Of course I do. Why wouldn't I want Drew McIntyre to win? My head said Roman Reigns, and I stuck with Roman Reigns, and um, I said Roman Reigns would walk out with it. I have never been more unhappy that I was right in this sense, but it just made sense for me with everything going on on the weekly TV shows that Roman is going to hold this, hold this a bit longer. Um I don't know where it's going. There's rumours of Rock potentially making an appearance at some point. That's been said for about <laughs> two years, to be totally honest. Maybe six months into Roman's reign, um, reign as champion. So I don't know. But um, mate, just can you, if you can, I don't know if you can put it into words. But when Broken Dreams kicked on, mate, when Drew came out, I had fucking goosebumps at home. So what was it like for you to hear Broken Dreams, even if it was only a short version of it? Um, unbelievable for me personally unbelievable because i love that tune it's a great record uh, as a standalone song it's a fantastic record it's but the a fact great that track, it's isn't associated it? with drew back in the day and that video package of him as a youngster and working the indies and all that sort of stuff was so well done in the arena you almost had like a two-step reaction to it all right because because i think you had you got to think Drew and the Broken Dreams and all that stuff. That's going back a little while now, isn't it? That's We're going back. We're talking about 08. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. 14, 15 yeah, years man. ago. So there would have been some people in that crowd who have been cheering on Drew uh, on, on Raw and SmackDown or whatever, who might not have even been born when this was happening. Aware of this theme, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you had you had an initial reaction to the song 
from maybe people like myself who recognize the song and the history of it and, and the association with Drew and the fact that it's just a banging record. And then you had like a secondary reaction as well, I guess, when other people caught on to what it was, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a like a wave. So yeah, from one, so it's almost like a double reaction type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I like that. But uh, when when Drew came out, the, the noise was just. I mean, I'm not a fan of the bagpiping, Braveheart nonsense music. That that <laughs> that, 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 that that sound just grates on me. But it, it was it was the, the crowd was so loud you could barely hear it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So and he stood there and the fire went off behind him and he lifted the sword and just amazing. Amazing. An amazing moment. I mean, I felt it at home. Like when I heard the doom, 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 I was like, because oh, I know he'd yeah. been teasing it anyway on his um, on his Twitter. Because I watched the bump on network as well. He was on the bump a few weeks ago, um, and he was talking about. And they they called him out on it. Said, look, you've been posting um, like he basically posted like a line from the song, then another line from the song um, in in reference to Roman. You know, what is yours now is mine and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and it was freaking. I was like, oh come on, please. And I I, I will admit part of me was hoping he would come to the ring to that theme but i suppose not the way you've explained it is perfect because it makes sense that he might for the older fans old school fans here's broken dreams but here and but also i'm aware that everybody who's been supporting me who probably wasn't born yet as you said here's my current music as well so but overall it was a bloody it was so cool i gen- even talking to you now so i genuinely i've got goosebumps i love that track back when the video game came out when he had that when he had that music even then mate i was playing as drew mcintyre and trying to win the world title in the universe mode on the game that's how much right. of a fan of drew mcintyre i was because I, I don't it's hard to explain to somebody it's easy for me to go i knew chris jericho was going to be champion i didn't know that of course i didn't know that i wanted him to be champion there are certain wrestlers, and I will say Drew is one of them. You think this guy could be freaking amazing. You don't know if he's going to be world champion, but you just think this guy's good. But you don't know why you necessarily connect with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Drew was one of them for me back in the day. And when he got released, I was—I mean, when he was in three MB, as funny as it was, and it was only funny a few times. I was like, "What are you doing, man? What happened to this? You know, this this attitude that you had, and you were Intercontinental Champion." And when he got released, I was gutted, and then. Uh, we... Have you seen the documentary that they did on him? Uh, I don't know if it was a 24 or I think whatever. The 20, the I, I saw the 24 one, but I also watched the Break It Down one as well. So I probably have seen versions of it, but mm. it was so cool to see. And obviously I know he had some trials and tribulations getting back to WWE, but he did really well in ICW and all that kind of stuff. Very quickly going to, I can't remember which takeover it was. And they do mention it in the documentary, obviously. I'm watching Takeover. I'm enjoying the show and all of a sudden they cut to the crowd because I wasn't paying attention to dirt sheets or internet or anything like that. And I was just like, it's fucking Drew McIntyre. Oh my God, is he coming to NXT? And I got really excited like for him to be coming back to WWE because my logic was, yes, and there's nothing wrong with NXT by the way, but if he can do well in NXT, he'll be back on the main roster. Um, so I was really excited to see Drew McIntyre in the NXT crowd back. I can't remember what year it was now. Um, I want to say like 2017 maybe, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but yeah, big fan of his. Um, what do you think of the match, mate? Because it, it was a slow starter, in fairness. Yeah, I mean, they went, they went what, around half an hour-ish, something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So it took up a big old chunk of the show, which it, it should do. It's the main event. It's the main, you know, it's, it's the reason that we are here, in theory, for the, the big one, the world title. Pun intended there, or? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it was I, I really enjoyed it because it was like you said it started off a bit slower and it built and it built and it built and to me that's how I suppose pretty much all the best wrestling matches are structured because by the time you get to the end of that 20 minutes 25 minutes half hour whatever it may well be you want people to be edging closer to the the edge of their seat you want of them to course, be moving yeah. closer to the TV or whatever you want to be dragging them in and then the stuff at the end with the near falls. And I mean, there was one moment it really looked like drew had this one. Yeah. And the place went crazy as he made that cover. And I don't think I've ever heard so many people in unison say the words one, two uh, at once. It was, it was, it was incredible. And then when Roman kicked out the, the chorus of noise that turned into yeah. booze and, um, I mean, don't go wrong, Roman was incredibly popular as well. Mind. There was a huge backing for Roman in the stadium as well. But that's just because the guy's an absolute star, I assume. And then, obviously, we get all the Austin Theory stuff. And when, when Theory's music hit, that was probably one of the biggest reactions of the night for me. That that noise that the, the audience made in the stadium. It's a cash in, isn't it? When his, yeah, when his music hit, it was like, oh, wow. Because you genuinely felt, when he ran down, that this was going to be it. Yeah. It's, a, it's the... Because um, the WWE Championship has only changed hands in this country once, and AJ Styles did it back in, I think, 2016 on a SmackDown. Yeah, um, it was a high show, I think, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was a SmackDown, but it just didn't... Um, I, it was actually a... It was a SmackDown, um, but the show didn't sell very well, and there was barely anybody in there, apparently. But AJ Styles became beat Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship. Because mm. So can you imagine, not only would we see a title change hands, but also a cash-in in this country? Because they haven't been here. <laughs> and Money in the Bank has never... I don't think it's ever been cashed in... in any other country apart from the US would have been amazing. Um, I genuinely went when theory came down. I went, oh fuck, here we go. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, like, what's going to happen now? You know, I was part of me. My, your brain goes a million miles an hour in this moment. My head's going, oh, are they going to get it? So theory does cash in, and now it's a triple threat. But then Drew McIntyre pins theory for the title rather than Roman. So Roman gets out, and you said you didn't beat me. That was going through my head. And then that was all crushed anyway, because all of a sudden I went, who the fuck was that? And it was Tyson Fury <laughs> knocking out Theory. I went, what the fuck? Because I knew he was there, because we saw him earlier in the night, and there was a big pop yes. for him and stuff like that. But I like the fact that they didn't bring too much attention to him, because normally when they introduce a celebrity of sorts that's going to get involved in a match or whatever, they overly say, oh, I'm going to smack you later, or they're backstage, or do you know what I mean? They set it up mm-hmm. so you can see it coming. I don't know about you. I didn't see. I didn't see Tyson Fury getting involved in this match <laughs> at all. So no. him, it was it was a cool moment. Um, I don't know how that's received in the states in terms of uh, you know obviously Tyson Fury, but like it was a cool moment for us in the UK. Or at least I thought it was a cool moment. I mean, was the was the reaction as loud as I think it was? Because obviously on TV, yeah. I mean, when like I said, when Fury's music hit, it it felt like this was going to be it. So there was a massive reaction to that. And then I apologise. I don't know if you can hear my cat meowing his head off. You just have to give me two seconds whilst I let him out the door. One minute. <laughs> no worries. Hang on. Well, let's say uh, Sai's going to go and get rid of the cat for you. This is staying in the podcast, by the way. Uh, he'll he'll hear it later. Uh, it's not a problem. My fan's going off on the right hand side. To be fair, um, but yeah, the match was uh, absolutely freaking amazing. Um, slow starter, as we've already said, and. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a good match. Um, okay, I'm back. There we go. This is <laughs> staying in the, mate. Well, this is staying in the show, mate. So don't worry about it. <laughs> I was just saying, as we've already spoke, kind of a recap of what we spoke about. Really, the match was good. So yeah, the the, um, the response for Theory's music, the A Town down. And by the way, it's nice to see Austin Theory with his actual full name again because they dropped yeah. the Austin 
for some stupid. They did the same with Riddle, didn't they? And obviously now Riddle's now known as Matt Riddle again. Thank you. Yes, Wonder why they good. do that. But there we go. Anyway, reaction. Yeah. Then the music hit. Big reaction. But we didn't see uh, Tyson Fury until Austin Fury was already effectively, you know, after a punch. So, to speak. Oh, right. <laughs> so it was like we saw him, but I didn't realize what had gone on until effectively Fury was already on the deck. So then people reacted to seeing Tyson Fury on the screen because he'd stopped what we thought was going to be a, a cash in. So, of course, yeah, he wants to see it be a, a genuine title fight, doesn't he? Really? Yes. Um, yeah. Overall, the match was really good. I'm, you know, like I said, my heart it was with Drew. Obviously, wanting him to beat Roman. That's not. Uh, that's you know, it kind of. I'm assuming you felt the same. You wanted Drew to win this, obviously, in his home um, country. Yeah, from a from a. To me, I, I always think about SummerSlam '92, and I always think how amazing would it have been to have been there when the Bulldog won the Intercontinental Title. Yeah. A lot of people I spoke to were saying they wanted Roman to win. I say a lot of people. I didn't speak to masses, but people around me were saying they <laughs> wanted Roman to win just because it made more sense going forward. Yeah, and I agree with that. But, I mean, I'm not being funny. It's, it's predetermined. You can do whatever you like. Yeah, of I course, mean, yeah. The Bulldog wasn't supposed to win the IC title in August of 92. Shawn Michaels was supposed to win the IC title oh, okay, in August of 92. But when they booked Wembley for SummerSlam, they changed it. And then the Bulldog dropped the IC title to Shawn in October instead. Fair enough. Now, of, of course, the biggest difference there is you're disrupting Roman's record-breaking run. 700, two-year yeah, run. Yeah that's, yeah, that's the biggest stumbling block for me with regards to, to doing something like that. So I can understand it. I mean, Roman winning, Roman winning from a wrestling standpoint made sense. But yeah. me being in that crowd if Drew had won... It would have been amazing. Been, yeah, of course it would have been amazing. Of, of course it, yeah. yeah, it would have been amazing. I mean, NGB did uh, put, he said, look, I want Drew to win, obviously. He picked Drew to win. Um, like I said, my heart was with Drew to win. Um, and I, But my head says Roman's going to walk out with it. I actually thought the Usos were going to be there. Not you know, The funny thing is, the, uh, the younger brother of the Usos getting involved in this and obviously costing yeah. Drew the title. I had read a rumour that, and I thought this was going to happen. Actually, there was talks of him appearing at SummerSlam for the last man standing match. Whether that was true, I don't know. It may have been true and it may have been changed and now he's made his appearance at Clash of the Castle. In the grand scheme of things, it makes more sense because he had Paul Heyman's out. He's been F5 for a table. I think there's other stuff going on backstage with that. But And the Usos got taken out with Sami Zayn on SmackDown on the Friday. I didn't realise that was going to be a bigger thing at the time when I watched SmackDown. I didn't realise it was going to be as big of a thing that it was, that the Usos couldn't travel because they were like hurt from Drew, basically. Um, so to have this... Is it because they were hurt or is it because the one guy has got criminal charges Probably, against yeah, yeah. Being a yeah, no, drunken right. idiot or yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. That that has crossed my mind. Don't worry, that has not gone under the radar here in the corner, trust me. Um, but um, yeah, so it's a nice way of... But it's also a good way of bringing this younger brother in. To be honest, yeah, definitely. And I would say, out of the three lads that we've met from the, who are essentially Rikishi's kids, <laughs> basically, I would say the younger brother looks a lot more like Rikishi in the face than maybe the Usos do. I think, to be honest. Okay, yeah, I that's, can see that. Yeah, that's my. But um, yeah, um, I, I again, I'm gutted that Drew didn't win it, but yeah, NJB's because he's not here. I will say, I reiterate what he said, and it was basically, I want Drew to win. But if they are going to let Drew win just to have Roman win it back the next month, then no. Because, like you said about earlier, hot potato and titles, whatever. And why break this record-breaking run 
necessarily right now. Yes, it would have been amazing mm. to see him win it in his home country in the, the first big event in the UK. But then it's also, do you do it just because you're in the UK? So yeah, it depends how you look at it, really. Um, I enjoyed the match. It was good. Um, I'm gutted that Drew didn't win it, like I said many times already. Um, but again, I made the right choice in uh, saying Roman was going to walk out. So I think the only match I really got wrong was the Judgment Day one, which is actually Edge and Ray did win. But I did kind of call, well, I think a lot of us called Dominic, um, uh, you know, turning. And I'm, do you know what? I can't wait to see what Dominic does. And I'm very, I, I feel like Dominic's going to come out wearing Eddie Guerrero style gear at some point. If we don't get the line in a promo or an interview, Oh, you're not my real dad from Dominic. Oh, God, stage. can you imagine? Then what has all this been for? Yeah, <laughs> this is what me and NJB were talking about off air. We were like, this would be a really good story because look how, you know, obviously we all, not everybody knows, but we talked about it, the the custody battle thing they had back in the day mm-hmm. and the fact that Dominic is growing his hair into that mullet style. <laughs> it's like, yeah, can we not have it? And I tell you, the people that are like, and also, by the way, I need to throw this in quickly because Pimple Dicks have been online talking about apparently they buried Drew McIntyre. Oh, for goodness sake. Did, in your opinion, as a long-time wrestling fan, has Drew McIntyre been buried? Of course he bloody has No, I agree 100%, but I just wanted to get somebody else's point of view. He hasn't been buried. If anything, both guys look, even though Roman has walked out with the heavyweight championship, both guys still look strong. They look amazing. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Do, yeah, am I thinking that's, that's the whole point? They, exactly. The yeah, they've got you. If Roman had walked into the ring, speared him, and pinned him one, two, three, that's a bit of a different story. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the story they're telling is actually yes, Roman's had this title for two years. Well, the Universal Championship anyway for two years, as, as well as the WWE title now. Um, but we've seen at Clash at the Castle that Roman has relied on the bloodline quite a lot maybe in the last six months or so, if not from the beginning, but even more so in the, maybe the last six months of his, maybe, you know, to a degree. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. he's relying on his cousins and his family to keep him, no, no pun intended here, head of the table and champion. So to say he's been buried is bullshit, but there we go. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, I agree. Sai, thank you very much, mate, for coming on the show. I know you've got things to do and I appreciate you stopping by. You're a busy lad. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on and let us know what your experiences were like at Clash at the Castle. Gutted I couldn't be there with yourself, but hopefully down the road we'll do that. Um, and uh, you're very much welcome to come on the show pretty much anytime you want, mate, to be fair. No, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I've had, I've had a great time talking there. My experiences are finally getting to a WWE show. First time I've ever been and it, it was fantastic. So yeah, I look forward to potentially doing it again in the future. Well, I hope you can uh, get into some WWE now, mate, to be fair. And, uh, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. I appreciate that. May report back in a month's time. We've got Extreme Rules coming up, mate. Maybe you want to stop by for Extreme Rules, some predictions maybe, and uh, maybe some of your reviews of what the uh, current day Extreme Rules would look like in literally a month's time. So, Yeah, sounds good. All right, cheers, Sai. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the show. Much appreciated. Follow the show at In The Corner WWE. This is Benny Max signing off on SJP World Media. We'll see you all again. Well, tomorrow, actually, for some raw stuff. 